Another great night of hockey in the Bucks in Toronto's favor as the New York Rangers winners in their game leading up to tonight's Rangers and Maple Leafs hockey game. We break it all down for you as we needed overtime for this matchup. We break it all down for you on this edition of the On the Ice and Behind the Benches. This is Maple Leafs Rangers post-game show. I am your host, Thomas McGregor. And after this quick drop, it's time to get ready to drop the puck. Or in the post-game's case, hit the showers. It's this quick drop plus a commercial break. As we recap tonight's action between the Rangers and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let's get it. Whenever you hear a sound of a horn like this. You know it's time to start talking some hockey. It is on. It is time for another great edition of On the Ice and Behind the Benches post-game show. Tonight's matchup, it's the Rangers. It's the Maple Leafs. It's the sixth game homestand. It's the game number two of the sixth game homestand as we get ready to recap what went down tonight on the On the Ice and Mind Dimensions podcast in Toronto. This game needed overtime, but we talked game no matter what this is on the ice and behind the benches and whenever you hear a sound like that we are so glad you could join us for the another great edition of on the ice and behind the benches post game show now here is the host of on the ice and behind the benches the podcast thomas mcgregor Let's get it on! sports content from media and fan perspectives alike check out all over the map with me Ali Musa where we discuss anything and everything in the world of sports media and beyond we will even feature non-sports broadcasters 
subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more, please visit http colon slash slash alitechgroup.wordpress.com. Welcome, everyone. Rangers fans, Leafs Nation alike, it is time for another Maple Leafs Rangers post-game show. I am your host, Thomas McGregor. Earlier, we wrapped up the New York Islanders and Toronto Maple Leafs game. You can catch that on our podcast feed hopefully by the end of today we have a great show in store for you today and it starts with our traditional game summary yes our traditional game summary it starts with our traditional game summary and later and later everyone it is time to reveal who the three stars of the game will be we'll hear who the dominant goalie of the night was. We'll hear from the awesome guys in between the ice as in players and coaches. Lots more and lots more of that to come on the show. We will end off. We will end off the show with, of course. We will end off the show with, of course, the Toronto Maple Leafs and New York Rangers is entire. Look ahead of the next nine games. So look at it there. Look at it from that end. We will talk about the we will talk about the Game. Plus, if and when this game post game show wrap up does get ready, we'll prepare for both teams as next game. Should both teams after today's game? between the Rangers and the Maple Leafs. 
be playing on the exact same night as they played Friday night. Wednesday night, excuse me. Wednesday night. I am very pleased to have you guys join me on this show. So without any further ado, I think it is about time we get into our game summary. But before we do that, before we do that, a reminder that one of the shows that I love listening to, and I'm sure you guys love listening to on Sportsnet 590 Fan and Sportsnet family of channels tim mccallough and tim and friends is on every weekday on sportsnet from five o'clock to of course 6 30 in the evening on sportsnet and sportsnet 360 every wednesday after my Tuesday pods on this show, I encourage you to have a sit down with a conversation dealing with personal stories that sometimes talk about personal challenges, physical challenges, and mental challenges that we face in our everyday lives with one of my podcast friends in the sit-down standout show. His name is Ben and Dykstra. That's every Wednesday. When new every episode will be launched or whenever he can get them out. We are available on Facebook. I have a Facebook page. Just before I get to the game summary, I'll reveal what the Facebook page is. Please go to, if you're using your web browser and you want to check out our official On the Ice and Mind Adventures podcast page, go to facebook.com slash Thomas Sports Hockey 2023 altogether. One word. Once again, that is facebook.com slash Thomas Sports Hockey 2023. I will be using the weekend of next week, not this weekend, to prepare you for our February week of shows including a tuesday pod we currently can be heard on spotify apple podcast and of course anchor.fm the home of the podcast is launching platform and if you have any questions or ideas 
thoughts on the content, please feel free to send us a voice message at anchor.fm with the On the Ice and Behind the Benches podcast. The name into it, I will put that in the chat. And this will be a part of the episode's description when it launches. As well as the post-game interviews that we'll be hearing from. Okay, how about a little bit of a breather before we get into the game summary? Yeah, let's go take a breather and come into the game summary. But that is what is on tap for today's post-game show. I am so glad you're here to join us. We will get into it right away. But before we do, let's take a breather or an intermission break, as they say, during the game. And get ready to talk game summary between the Rangers of New York and Madison Square Garden and the Toronto Maple Leafs of Toronto in Scotiabank Arena. One final note before I leave you for a quick breather. The baseball season is just a month away from regular season action. Spring training gets going this month coming, February. And I am so excited for the action. The Blue Jays are back in action. And they will host on April 11th as part of their home opener in Rogers Center. The Detroit Tigers and Miguel Cabrera. That's Miguel Cabrera. Yeah. Should be a fantastic season full of ups and downs. I'm sure there'll be ups and I'm sure there'll be downs. Hoping for a big game season of action with the Blue Jays. So I'm excited for that. Time for our breather and a word from the Sports for Beginners podcast commercial. And then it's on to the action. For On the Ice and Behind the Benches, this is the Maple Leafs post-game show of On the Ice and Behind the Benches, the podcast. The game summary. Three stars. Dominant goalie performance. Are coming your way after this quick breather.
We'll get back into the studio with Thomas McGregor on On the Ace of Mind the Benches, the post-game show Maple Leafs edition featuring the Rangers and the Toronto Maple Leafs. As we recap Wednesday night's action on the On the Ice and Behind the Benches podcast, it's all here for you, and we are just getting started. Back after this and a word from your local station of our podcasters. See you back in the studio in just a few minutes. It's a hockey night in your city. It is that time of the year again. It is October, hockey fans. And that means that you can expect some hockey content on the Sports for Beginners podcast. If you're a young hockey fan, but you don't know where to go or what to expect when you're at the arena, well, we've got you covered. We'll have some good stuff for you on the podcast. So don't miss Sports for Beginners coming to you live with some great hockey content coming soon. Take another look with Gerda Felix and Melanie Tadio Malo, two powerful women of diverse backgrounds having genuine, unique, and uncomfortable conversations that everyone needs to have. Join Melanie and Gerda for conversations about what is missing from human connections. Time to hit the ice for the late games. But on this podcast, for our teams, it's time for them to hit the showers. The Toronto Maple Leafs and New York Rangers are recapped here on the On the Ice and Behind the Benches podcast. And now, back into the studio to get the show underway with your host of the Maple Leafs postgame show, Thomas McGregor. As we say good night from our teams that we're covering today, the Rangers and the Maple Leafs. And hello to their next opponents. It's the post game show on the On the Ice and Behind the Benches podcast. Here we go. Welcome back, everyone, into the On the Ice and Behind the Benches podcast. It is time for the game summary. Wherever you may be listening, I am so glad you're here to join us. I hope if you're a Rangers fan or a Maple Leafs fan, or just a fan of hockey in general, that what we provide as content helped you throughout your day. This is the post-game show featuring the Leaps and the Rangers. 
of Wednesday night as both teams get ready for Friday night action. Their next team of which they'll face. I do believe, if I remember correctly, from my early post-game show from the New York Islanders that happened on the Monday night of January 8th. Give me a second here, and let me try and figure it out here. I do believe it was January, Monday night, January. The 23rd, January the 23rd, 2023. At... Seven o'clock here in Gosha Bank Arena, downtown Toronto. I am recording from Mississauga, Ontario. I am a Toronto Maple Leafs fan myself. I am a Toronto Maple Leafs fan myself. But enough about who is a fan. And who is not a fan? We are talking, we're talking game here. We're talking game here. So let's not waste any time and talk game. Let's talk game. Because that's, because that's more fun. It is time to talk game here. And we're going to try and be as polite as we possibly can on this show because that's our goal when we make content like this especially bonus content including post game shows we're going to try to be as polite as we possibly can the NHL is where we're headed and as I look for the game here it is time for us to reveal who the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes, that's right, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the New York Rangers had on the ice in terms of goaltenders. Of course. Who won the game? And our three stars. But first, let's have a little bit of a game recap of just what went down. And we have this article here from the Toronto, from sportsnet.ca, excuse me. Yes, Toronto, uh, no, sportsnet.ca. 
And I'll just uh, share my screen here so you can see it. We are an audio podcast, so I'm going to try and do my best to read you exactly what is going on as I share my screen. So, we have with us, we have the Toronto Associated Press here. And it says Mitch Marner scored 19 seconds into overtime, and the Toronto Maple Leafs defeated the New York Rangers three to two. We all know that on Wednesday night, in a matchup of the Eastern Conference contenders, Pontus Hollenberg scored early, and Timothy Lugren. scored with an assist as well for the Maple Leafs. 31 and 11 and 8 is the record right now for the Leafs. And we don't know what the record is for the New York Rangers. We'll look at that in just a few seconds. Ilya Samsonov stopped 27 shots and improved to... 14 0 and 1 at home, cementing himself his place in Toronto's crease ahead of Matt Murray. Excuse me, that's exactly what it actually says. Rangers coach Gillard Gallant said, I'll only give you some of what he said because I don't want to spoil it. For, for us later on when we hear his questions. But he says, quote unquote, we played really well with a really good team against us. I wanted the two points, but we'll take the one and run. Dialed William Nylander said and he feels like he was on top of his game Mitch Marner said or Mitch Marner weaved his way past all three Ranger skaters in the three on three extra period after Toronto won the face off at center ice he cut hard across the crease and tucked his eighth chance goal of the season past the outstretched George Sturkin. George Sturkin. I hope I'm saying that right. Sure, Sturkin. If I'm not saying that right, I. Sincerely, you know, am apologetic to you. Um, anywho, what else is here that we that we'll read in the article before getting to the game summary? The Rangers center squared off against David Camp on an offensive zone draw, but instead of trying to win the puck back to a teammate. 
he fired it toward a surprise Sam Sotov with a shot through the pads for his 14th goal. Philip Chaitel got the New York even once all at 2 minutes and 10 seconds of the second period on a sneaky face-off play. Of course, I just revealed what that sneak-off play was. Instead of trying to win the puck back to a teammate, he fired it toward a surprised Sam Sonoff, as the article says, with a shot through the pads for his 14th goal. Nylander also said, Gotta give it to him. Haven't seen that in a long time. Samsonov wasn't really in the mood, though, to discuss that play. I had a lot of positive moments, he said. Chaitel won the lottery. Chaitel went, then gave the Rangers, who beat Toronto 3 1 at Madison Square Garden on December 15th, their first lead at 6 31 to go when Capo Caco sent a slick pass to his line mate for him to snap it home in his set his second of the night. There's a lot more to go through here, but let's just look at who the final pieces of the puzzle are. Now, Wednesday morning, yesterday, Gallen said he's been happy with winger Alex Alexis Lafernie's response to being made a healthy scratch December 29th, the first pick in the 2020 NHL draft. Had a goal and set up another in Monday's 6-2 victory over the Florida Panthers after registering just two assists in his previous nine games. Of course, when I say Monday and Florida Panthers, I'm referring to the other Monday that New York had against the Florida Panthers within December's schedule. So keep that in mind. It says December 29th. He said, Gallian said he's a 20-year-old kid, a 21-year-old kid. Sometimes they need a little kick in the butt to get going again. He's been excellent. All right, we're getting we're gonna get to the three stars in just a minute. But first, we gotta talk about the game stats here, and we're gonna do so right now. But first, let's start out the game summary with tonight's 
referees, and of course, the attendance with the linesmen. So the attendance of this game was 18,114 people in attendance. Wow, 18,114 people. That's pretty good game. Uh, congratulations to Scorchbank Arena for that type of a game. <clears throat> Trevor Hansen, Steve Corzari is the name, I believe. Kilzari is the name. I'll just call you Steve, buddy. Trevor Hansen and Steve were your referees. Ryan Gibbons and Brad Kovacic. Kovacic, I believe. I'll just call you Brad. We're your linesmen. Once again, the before we get to our... As you can see on our screen, we are revealing the game summary. Before we get to our game summary, the attendance record once again was 18,114 people in attendance. And of course, nothing would be complete now on this uh, game summary. Then talking about how both teams did. Let's start with the blocked shots here. So Toronto had 10 shots of the Rangers, 29 blocked, 16 of 35 of the Maple Leaf shots were blocked by the New York Rangers. The Maple Leafs had 35 shots on goal. The New York Rangers had 29. The Rangers killed the Maple Leafs 35 times by hitting the Leafs 35 times and the maple leaves weren't as aggressive as you think they would be they hit the new york rangers 14 times 14 times both teams were even in the face-off draws at 26 apiece 26 to a side. Both teams could not complete a power play chance. New York had two chances and could not convert on the power play. The Toronto Maple Leafs had three chances on the power play and could not convert. Kind of a penalty kill game, wouldn't you say? 
we'll get to penalty kills to wrap up the game summary after we reveal who the three stars of the game are that's coming up within the game summary part of our segment so here we go speaking of penalty kills the rangers spent six minutes in the box the maple leafs only spent four minutes in the box. Both teams gave the puck away eight straight times. Well, eight times, basically. Not eight straight, eight times. And the Rangers took the puck away eight times, just like they gave the puck away eight times. But the Maple Leafs gave... No, the Maple Leafs took away the puck one more than they did give the puck away. They took the puck away nine straight times. We already revealed the block shots, but just a refresher. The... Rangers had 16 block shots out of 35 from Toronto side of the ice. And Toronto had 10 block shots to the Rangers, 29 shots on goal. All right, now let's get a quick drop. And here are, and get to our three stars of tonight's game, plus our dominant goalie performance. Our dominant goalie performance does not have a sponsor just yet. But let's hear our three stars drop and after that drop we will take a break look at the scoring summary as I want to talk about one goal in particular and we'll use that as and we'll use it as one of our highlights but due to but due to copyright, I will try to keep the audio as less copyright problem as possible, or I will just try to break it down as we are bringing it in. If you watch the game, let me know using a voice message. Let me know exactly what you guys thought. I'd love to hear what you guys thought of the game. I'd love to hear it. And that's anchor.fm for the voice message. Also, 
because privacy is everyone's number one concern, please make sure that in the voice message, when you let me know about your thoughts of the game, if you were watching it or you were at the game, to include your permission for us to use it on the show, Privacy is on a moral concern, and that's one thing I love more than anything else is to keep everyone's privacy on their private terms. I don't like to intervene with people's privacy. If you do not wish to have your voice heard on the podcast during that voice message, then just tell us how you feel. And if you're someone I know, but wish not to have your voice heard on the podcast via your voice message, email me directly after you send the voice message to anchor.fm and we can discuss how we'll go about your voice message. All right, it's time for the drop of the three stars of tonight's game. And once we hear the drop of the three stars, it'll be time. to get ready and give you the three stars of the game. Here we go. It is the three stars. I hope I hope you all enjoy and thanks as always to our commercial people for podcasts in all over the map, sports for beginners. And of course, a new commercial one that we have, which airs episodes every Saturdays. Hybrid it, that is. It's Take Another Look. We'll hear from them at our commercial break of this segment. But thanks as always for the support in the channel, in the uh, show. It makes a, it makes a great deal of support. Love, always love to hear from you guys. And yeah, it's the, it's about time we hear from our three stars of tonight's game. Here we go. It's time for the three stars of tonight's game. And here we go back to the On the Ice and Behind the Benches podcast studio with your host, Thomas McGregor. All right, welcome back into the On the Ice and Behind the Benches podcast. We are are currently not on break. We are doing a three stars competition. 
And now here we go. It is time to reveal who the three stars of tonight's game are. So we get a drum. We get a little bit of a drum roll coming out. Uh, of course, we don't have drum rolls. Your your first star of the game. It's all Maple Leafs here, but your first star of the game goes to number sixteen, and he was the game winner. It comes it comes on the bat it comes off the stick of Mitch Marner who spent twenty four minutes and twenty five seconds on the ice. We'll reveal more of his stats later on. Ilya Samsonov makes it the stars. He comes in as your second star of the game. He wears number 35 of the Toronto Maple Leafs. With 27 saves, the two goals that he allowed, and a save percentage of 0.931%. Once again, that is 0.931%. Yeah, it wasn't a good game for him, but at least he got the win. You know, 27 saves isn't as bad as what he had in Monday night's contest against the New York Islanders, who fall to the Ottawa Senators. We'll talk about that game later in the postgame show. The third star of the night goes to Timothy Leerjurgen. Jurgen. Jurgen. I hope I'm saying that name right. Timothy Leerjurgen. Who got in a goal. An assist. And two points out of it, 2 plus minus. He was on the ice for about 21 minutes and 55 seconds. All right, that is your three stars of tonight's game. Before we go down to the scoring summary, which we will when we return from commercial break, let's look at our penalty summary. The Maple Leafs spent Four minutes in the box. The Rangers spent about six minutes in the box. But who was the Rangers' penalty kills? Since this game was full of penalty kills. First off, we have Vincent Trocek. Vincent Trocek. who was sent to the box two minutes, and the call was tripping. Then we have the star of the New York Rangers is only two goals in the contest. And he gets called 
two minutes for tripping as well in the second period. But wait, we aren't done in the second period. Approximately 17 minutes and one second in to the second period, we have a two minute minor for holding. I am not sure if that is a minor, might be a major. I'll have to look at the penalties after this show. But it is Braden Schneider going to the box. Two minutes. And the call is holding. And then Timothy Legren in period number three is the only Maple Leaf that went to the box as the second power play for the New York Rangers. And he goes into the box two minutes, and the call is for delay of game. That is the penalty summary. All right. Now, before we get to our scoring summary, we are going to take a break. But before we take a break, as this will lead us into our middle segment, where we'll hear from both coaches and, of course, the players themselves, you may be wondering, okay, Toronto Maple Leafs are the three stars of the game in Wednesday night's contest, but Where are the New York Rangers? Who are their stars of the game? So I'm glad you asked. Or you may be wondering. Even so, I'm glad you asked. So my three stars of this game, I mean, at number three, at number one, excuse me, I really got to give credit to Philip Chaitel. Philip. Philip Chaitel. I really got to give him credit. He got two goals. He had two points. He had four shots on goal. He sped the box in two minutes. And of course, we already know what the call was. I'll reveal that later on in the show in case we forget. He was on the ice for about 15 minutes and 25 seconds. He's my first star of the game. Moving right along to, I mean, hey, if he had gotten the goal, the Leafs would have been in trouble. I'm going to give some type of credit to Mika Sabanajetti. He was minus one, but he had two shots on goal. 
and he hit the Maple Leafs twice. He was on the ice for about 20 minutes and 32 seconds and did nothing more than that. Um, and I mean, it, you know, if they never had this goaltender, I don't think they'd stand a chance. Give it up for Igor Shurstikin. I hope I said that name right. <laughs> I mean, if I didn't, that's fine. You guys can say whatever you need to say. Our podcast is getting noticed, but keeping it here on the post-game show. It is Igor Shikstorshkin. Who gets, at least in my opinion, gets the final star of the game for the New York Rangers, to my opinion. You guys have, we're all entitled to our own opinions. And of course, this is a safe space. But there you go. We have Igor Sturzkin, um, Mika Sabanajet. Igor Sturzkin is the third star. Mika Sabanajet is the second star. And of course, Philip Chaitel is the first star for my top players between the Rangers and the Maple Leafs. I thought both teams played really well. And that is going to put a bow on the opening segment for now. Coming up in the middle segment, we will wrap up the opening segment with our scoring summary, starting with the overtime goal, but not before we hear from both head coaches of the New York Rangers in Garrett, I believe his name is, Giant. And of course, Sheldon Keith will hear what he has to say. I mentioned Blue Jays baseball, and before we get to a closing here, keep in mind that every Thursday, off season, in season, or just in general, trade season. The longtime host of Fortunate 590 fans, Blue Jays Talk, has a podcast on the Toronto Star 
I'm actually listening into today's episode right now. And his name is Mike Wellner. And he hosts a podcast called Deep Left Field that airs episodes every Thursdays. Anyways, we will hear from Gallant. Gallant of the New York Rangers. He's the head coach. And we will hear from Sheldon Keith both before and after we go through our goal summary. But first, another break in the action. And then coming up on the next break, after we've done our dominant goalie performance, we will have the shake of the game revealed and we will have the look ahead of the next nine games for both the New York Rangers and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Back with you in just a few minutes. It is the post-game show, Maple Leafs. Rangers. On On the Ice and Behind the Benches, the podcast. I am your host, Thomas McGregor, and we will be back in just a few minutes. Stay with us because there's more to come. We'll get back into the studio with Thomas McGregor on On the Ace of Mind the Benches, the post-game show Maple Leafs edition featuring the Rangers and the Toronto Maple Leafs. As we recap Wednesday night's action on the On the Ice and Behind the Benches podcast, it's all here for you and we are just getting started. Back after this and a word from your local station of our podcasters. See you back in the studio in just a few minutes. Are you looking for excellent sports content from media and fan perspectives alike? Check out All Over the Map with me, Ali Musa where we discuss anything and everything in the world of sports media and beyond. We will even feature non-sports broadcasters. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more, please visit http 
colon slash slash alitechgroup.wordpress.com. Time to hit the ice for the late games. But on this podcast, for our teams, it's time for them to hit the showers. The Toronto Maple Leafs and New York Rangers are recapped here on the On the Ice and Behind the Benches podcast. And now, back into the studio to get the show underway with your host of the Maple Leafs postgame show, Thomas McGregor. As we say goodnight from our teams that we're covering today, the Rangers and the Maple Leafs, and hello to their next opponents. It's the post-game show on the On the Ice and Behind the Benches podcast. Here we go. I didn't think that at all. Honestly, I didn't. They, they're a good team. They're really talented. You know, when you're losing to when you're going to push. Uh, you know, so they made a good play and they attacked and they, you know, they got a goal. But, uh, you no, know, I liked their game. I thought we played real, real well in a tough building with a real good team against us. So, I'm overly, you know, I, I want the two points, but we'll take the one and one. Yeah, overall, what do you make of the effort to start to finish tonight? Excellent. Real good. We had to kill out three penalties in the first two periods and did a good job with that against a great power play. And I love the way the kids played. Obviously, Phil Klein was outstanding and his goals, but uh, oh, it was a good game. Everybody come in ready to play. And if you're going to get points out of Toronto, you got to be ready to play. And I thought we did. The, the face-off goal, is that something that you worked on? Or I never worked on it. He did it all by himself. <laughs> How many have you seen those years? I've seen a few. Not, not a whole lot, but a few, definitely. What did you like, especially about the kids? It looked like their energy, the four check, they were creating turnovers. Yeah, like- they managed the puck wheel good in the offensive zone. They didn't throw it to the slots and, you know, turn it over. They kept reset it behind the net, cycling the puck. And then when they had a chance, they took advantage of the ice. Like the, top, the other guys, the top six guys are still kind of searching for the, for the chemistry. No, I like the way they played good. I like the way they played. No, I mean, again, it was, a, it was a pretty good game. And I think if you look at their top six, Guys, they they had some chances too, but it wasn't like they dominated their top guys. Our our top guys were good. They played a good solid game. Welcome back into the On the Ice and Behind the Benches podcast studio. It is the post-game show for the Rangers and the Toronto Maple Leafs. 
as we recap a 3-2 overtime loss for the Rangers over the Toronto Maple Leafs and a 3-2 victory over the New York Rangers for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Both in overtime. Speaking of overtime, let's relive just one of the fantastic highlights as I share my screen. For the highlights, let's relive just one of the many highlights from the scoring summary. Our first our first highlight to look at is the goal behind the icing on the cake. That led the Maple Leafs to a 3-2 victory. 3-2 victory. In overtime. Once again, to avoid copyright, I'm going to do a little bit of play-by-plays as the highlight is showing. And it looks as though this goal was a picture-perfect Bobby Orr, who is one of the most iconic guys to play with on the ice, especially in the NHL. When you look at his history that he's had with the Boston Bruins and the league itself, He basically created this magic moment. And I'm so glad to share it with you because I thought it was a really good one to look at. So here we go. It's Mitch Barner and the game ceiling goal. I hope you all enjoy as we as we break it down. Watching that highlight, if you didn't see it, I hope you all enjoy. And please be advised that this was a pretty interesting game. All right, here. so here we are. Here's the play as we, as we get, as we're in to overtime, we had started the five-minute mark. Here's the play. And it looks like very, very close in, and he... He'll shoot and he'll score. Yes, he'll shoot and he'll score. Mitch Marner gets the game-winning overtime goal. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I mean, just look at this place. Look at that crowd. It's entire... It's entirely fun. I mean, this, this 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 was 
This is picture perfect, Bobby. You are right here. That bitch Marta gives that little kind of a tribute to Bobby Orr. Watch how close he goes. He dives in. Huge Bobby Orr fashion. He dives in huge Bobby Orr fashion. Look at this Bobby Orr fashion, and he scores. And Mitch Marner's got the goal. I mean, honestly, I mean, honestly, <laughs> that has to be, if not one of the great goals ever to be scored in overtime. Have a tribute to one of the most iconic goals ever scored in hockey moment history as a picture perfect Bobby Orr goal. All right, next I want to talk about one of Philip Chitel's goals. And I want to look at exactly where Philip Chitel was. on his goal and we will get to his second goal of the game plus the other two in Timothy and if I'm not mistaken Puntus Hollenberg we will get to those but I want to have a look at this one as well Let's have a look here. It starts with Matthews. We start with Matthews looking at the ice. We start with Matthews. Let's let's cut it. Let's cut it. Let's cut it to the game though. Let's cut it to the game. So there's the face off. And he scores right off the face off and it's right in, and it's right in there. It's right in there. Here it is again. Here it is again. As we were looking at Austin Matthews and then the goal is just right on there. Look, here it is again. It's ready. It dropped a puggy. Shoots. He scores. Chitel. And the Rangers have a 2-1 lead, I believe it was. A 2-1 lead. Yes, a 2-1 lead. And then minute, and then minute, and then it's, and then seconds later. First, let's reveal Timothy Legren, but seconds later, afterwards, after the second goal of the game from Philip, this is Timothy Lugren. and he does seconds later ties it up with literally four minutes. And 21 seconds left in the third period. The time of the goal, 59 minutes and 49 seconds in. And here, and here that goal is. Here that goal is. Look, look, it looks like a look, it looks like we have a board battle. William Nylander closes in here. He's trying to find a way to the puck. 
Shot is blocked in and then scores back in. And Timothy Lugren has tied it up. We need overtime at this point. But my goodness, the crowd is loud. They're proud. And they very well should be. All right. Time now for the last goal of the New York Rangers. It's the goal before Timothy Phillip. Chaitel's second goal of the game. Let's have a look at how this one went down. And here it is. I have it, I have it with us. Here it is. As we go through the scoring summary, here it is. After this, we'll hear from Sheldon Keefe, and then we'll get to the dominant goalie performance of the game. Plus, hear from one of plus hear from some of the other Rangers and Maple Leafs players, if we can. And here, and here we go. Here is Philip Chaitel's goal. Here is. Bill Chaitel's goal again. Here's that second goal. Here's that second shot. It's a 2-1 lead, as I probably as I probably got through. And he shoots, he scores again. It is 2-1. The Maple Leafs. Now the first goal, obviously, it was 1-1 because let's look at it. Let's look at it from an actual standpoint here. It was 2-1 after. Philip Chaitel got the first two Ranger goals, the only two goals that got it. But here we go. Here's what started the scoring. It's early in the first period. We have just under 27 minutes. No, two, two minutes, excuse me. And... 27 seconds in. And here it is. Here is, I believe it's uh Puntus Hollenberg. Look at this. It starts in our it starts in the Maple Leafs own zone. Look at and look at and look at look at look at it's coming out. It's coming out of the Leafs zone. Pass up, pass up in the center ice. There's number 28. I believe that is uh, close to David Camp as well. And number 29, Pontus Holmberg, a pitcher, perfect goal. Not a very easy one to look at, but a very pitcher, perfect goal. And uh, as you, as, and as luck would have it, there's the first goal of the game. And that pretty much does it for the scoring summary. All right. It's now time for the dominant goalie performance of the night. But before we do get the dominant goalie performance of the night in the contest, how about we hear from the head coach of both teams in Sheldon Keith. 
Yeah, let's hear from Sheldon Keith now. So it's Sheldon Keith. Sheldon, you have the floor. And then it's time to reveal who tonight's dominant goalie performance was in the Wednesday night's contest. Sheldon, you have the floor. Structurally, that's not everybody able to turn around and turn around. Probably, I don't know if I can say turn it around. It, it just be able to break through. And they they played us hard tonight. It's like you say, it's a good team. Deep team, you know, they're not, not giving us a lot. I thought, you know, yeah, I know more than one goal um, through 50 minutes or whatever it was. But, uh, you know, good goaltender, good, good team playing hard defensively. And, and we didn't make good on some of our best looks. Uh, but we kept the game close enough to give ourselves a chance to just stay with it. And we talked about that. It was probably going to be one that we'd have to end up shooting our way in and get a bounce to, to go our way. And that's how it worked out. I think you got some momentum putting the other Matthews together there. It seemed that way. Yeah, and like, there wasn't a whole lot happening for us. You know, a combination of us just not, you know, even some of our plays coming out of our end. And, you got to give credit to New York. I mean, those those guys played hard tonight, and they were on top of us. There was not a lot of opportunity uh, to get through them uh, for for long stretches of the game. And I thought both ways that was the case. Um, we made maybe one more mistake that they capitalized on than than uh, than than we had capitalized on on theirs, and and that's why we were down one. But yeah, the guys just stuck with it. Like I said, got played good enough to keep the game as you know close. Got a you know a good good break obviously when they missed the empty net, but um, real happy to see our guys get rewarded and then you know overtime goes our way too. Is any indication of Logan's uh, confidence or his sense of both showing from that play? I mean, we talk a lot about it, having that guy come down on the backside, and, and specifically tonight, you know, when it was it was hard to get clean looks to the net. So we we like I said, we talked about. The fact that we were gonna have to shoot our way in and have good traffic and create some some randomness around the net there and then we needed people to be in spots to be able to win those pucks back, both forwards and D. And yeah, it's uh, you know, you want your D down there quite a bit when you when you have one guy rolling up, up higher and, and we had that and great read by him. He beats his beats his man, get to the inside and and you know, their goaltender can't see the puck, which and playing the way that he was, that's that's an important factor, and he makes good on the shot. Yeah, I did. I mean, you know, Joey drew a couple penalties, got an assist, and um, no line got us going. They took too many men in the ice penalty, which you don't want to see that. But um, I thought we got good minutes from them. It became harder to play them. Just you know, in New York, especially when they moved Cryer down. With Trocek, it's you know three lines that are really good and really dangerous, and they didn't need to use their fourth line much either. So it was tougher to get them a lot of minutes. But uh, from what we got from them, I was happy. Yeah, 
are is exceeding you. I mean, it's hard to say, right? He comes over at 18, you know, at a time, you know, he's in play in the American Hockey League, not just play in the HL, but ends up, you know, he's on a, on one of the top teams in the league. He's playing the Calder Cup playoffs. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's got a lot on his plate there as a, as a young guy, but he, he handled that well, but it took time, it took time for it to come for sure. And he stuck with it. Um, I would think, uh, I think obviously when you drafted high, so you believe in his potential and you, you invest a lot in him, uh, but credit to him because there was a lot of times when it was tough for him down in the AHL and he just stayed with it, continued to work. We asked him to put in a lot of work both on and off the ice and, and, um, it, you know, I can't remember exactly the time. It was certainly before I, I came into this position where things really, really clicked for him at the HL level. And he was becoming a, but a dominant player. I don't know what his age would have been at that time, but, uh, it started to come and then you could really see it blossoming, uh, in terms of the player that he was when he was drafted, but also he was starting to really become a great defender, which I don't think anyone would have said that about him going into the draft. And that's why he's really been able to have a solid foundation here to build upon offensively. I mean, he's playing on the power play tonight and getting those extra looks and he can do different things for us on offense too. But you don't get in those positions oftentimes if you can't defend and, and help us in other ways like he can. Well, you know, we had, you know, we, we believe in him and we have high expectations. Like nobody expects anybody to have a record like that. You know, it's, it's quite remarkable. And obviously it speaks a lot to his play, speaks a lot to our team's play. Just the same. But, you know, this is uh, it's another tough game for him, right? Just margin for error is pretty thin. And you've got an elite goaltender and a countryman of his down on the other end, not unlike he did against the Islanders the other night. And I thought in both in both cases, he stood his ground and gave us opportunity to win the game. So, yeah, I mean, it was exceeding expectations. We have high expectations. We really believe in him and his ability, but we needed to get his buy-in and we needed him to put in the work that we were, that's necessary for him to really find a stable foundation and consistency in his game. And he's, he's done that. So that's why you, you've given him the runway here to just really stay with it. Yeah, it's odd for sure. It's something we're going to have to talk about just to, just to make sure that those, those details are dialed in both from the goaltender perspective and the sentiment. It's what it is, an oddity and, you know, something, of course, you don't want it to become a habit. So we'll, we'll talk about it, but uh, they definitely got us on that one. Both are said to be playing overtime. How much was able to be with you since they took advantage of the I'm not quite sure what they were, what, what was going uh, through their mindset. They might have been, we had just made a, a change with Austin and, and, and David Camp coming uh, coming off. Austin's coming on with that, created a little bit of confusion, but he was able to to attack the forward. And, and a lot of times that can. I think can break free there. Forwards, are, you know, more frequently make those mistakes. And, you know, great goal to take it right across the crease and they make good on it. That was so, it was a good process, you know, by the guys to set that all up and then Mitch did the rest. 
Sheldon Keith, everyone. Sheldon Keith, it is time for us to now have a quick drop of tonight's dominant goalie performance of the game. And then once we have tonight's dominant goalie performance of the game, we'll take a break and come back with the shake of the game. Plus the look ahead. And still to come, as I have it in our chat, we look ahead to the next nine games of both teams' respective schedules. We will hear from some players. And we will also hear about the 2-1 victory and 2-1 loss over the Senators of Ottawa and the New York Islanders as the New York Islanders lose this one 2-1 and the Ottawa Senators win this one two to one it is the post game show it is on the ice and behind the benches the podcast this is maple leaves and rangers post game show and after this quick drop it is the dominant goalie performance of the contest that is coming your way Here we go with our drop. It's time for tonight's dominant goalie performance. Find out who that is on the On the Ice and Behind the Benches podcast as we continue. All right. It is time for the dominant goalie performance of the game. And now, going back to what we have witnessed in the Rangers game, this one I'll use my phone. For that, as we're getting ready for our next commercial break of the post game show, which will be our second last commercial break of the show. This is the middle segment of the post game show, where we've just heard from both head coaches of the New York Rangers and Garrett. I do believe his name is. No, Gillard Gallant. Gillard Gallant is the name of the New York Rangers head coach. And of course, Sheldon Keefe is 
who we also have heard from, we'll hear from the players very, very shortly. A reminder to find us on Facebook, please go to facebook.com slash Thomas Ford Hockey 2023. I will be next weekend putting out a list of this week's shows coming out that weekend. And if you're a football fan, feel free to join me on the NFC and AFC Championship Sunday postgame shows, part of the Sports for Beginners podcast. Should be good ones. It's the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. And then, of course, it's the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Should be fun games to watch. All right, back to the post game. Now, I've now I've mentioned a lot in this game. I've said it'll be it was a interesting game. It was kind of a wild one, but in a short type of way. Picture perfect moment from Bob Yor. I could say that a bunch of times, but I'm going to stop it with that one that I just said. Picture perfect Bob Yor. Oh, there's another one I used. That's where I'm going to stop it. But guys, all in all, this game was pretty interesting. It was a penalty kill game. Anyway. Tonight's dominant goalie performance goes to Ilya Samsonov, who not only won the game, but the reason he gets a dominant goalie performance tonight is because he allowed less pucks in the net. He only allowed two goals. And he had 27 saves as mentioned in the article that we read on sportsnet.ca. Out of the 29 shots that he took. And that's that's awesome. That that that's that's pretty awesome guys. It there's no other way to sugarcoat it. That's pretty Awesome. Given where you're at, it's pretty awesome. And of course, it's also pretty astounding that some guy like this can go five for five. I mean, let's be honest, it was three chances for the New York Rangers on the power play, and they could not connect. Oh, no, excuse me. Three chances for the Maple Leafs, and they could not connect. Two chances for the Rangers, and they couldn't connect. But their penalty kills put on quite of a show. So, so ironically, 
this is a Dominic goalie performance segment, but ironically, I wonder if I should just give it to the players for the penalty kill. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stick with this segment. It's the Dominic goalie performance. And I'm going to give it to Ilya Samsonov, 27 saves. I'm giving it to Ilya Samsonov. That's Ilya Samsonov. I'm giving it to 27 saves, 29 shots. You know, two goals allowed, of course. A save percentage of 0.931. So, 0.931. Of course, he gave up two goals. We know that. He was not, uh, he was on the ice for about close to the 60 full minute. He was, a, he was close to the 60 full minute that you could play in a, in a game. But he was on the ice for just about 59 minutes and 55 seconds. Now, okay, so he was, he's the dominant goalie of the game, but what about Igor Shershkin? Well, you know, guys, it was, it's a tough call with him because he got 32 saves, yes. He had 35 shots taken on him. I understand that. But, I mean, when you allow three goals, it's tough to figure out what the save percentage is going gonna to be. I will give him this, though. He played the full 60 minutes in a period. And was on the ice for about 16 minutes. No, no, no. 60 minutes. And 19 seconds. Not 16 minutes. 60 minutes. Because he did play the full 60. Now, that's not to say Sam Sonoff didn't play the full 60. He was close, guys. He was that close. 55 seconds and 59 minutes was the ice time for Ilya Samsonov. Pretty tough game for him, but he gets the tough, he gets the dominant goalie performance award. I'll give Igor Shershin credit. He did have a save percentage of 0.914% in the save percentage. He was 8 of 8. Fantastic. 24, 27. 
in EVs, of course, save percentages, and of course, the shots that were not on goal. But as the but as the uh, shots on goal and the saves actually go, he only saved thirty two of those shots, and thirty five of those other shots were goals. Like three of them were goals, including overtime with Mitch Marner, who we watched do the picture perfect Bobby Orr move. Another quick drop, and then I send you off to a commercial break before we get to the shake of the game. And when we get to the shake of the game drop, we'll first hear from one of the players on the Toronto Maple Leafs side of the ice. And I'm thinking of hearing from... William Nylander and hearing what he had to say. So he will lead us off as we get closer to the end of the middle segment, which will lead us into our final segment with the shake of the game, kicking things off, and then, of course, the look ahead. Then we'll have our closing segment where we talk briefly about the Ottawa Senators and the New York Islanders. I hope Ottawa Senators fans and New York Islanders that you join us then. Bad game for the New York Islanders. I understand you guys might be mad, but it is a game in the end. And you're not always going to win every game. So best uh, best of luck to you in your next game, and I do believe, as I said in my look ahead with the rate with the Islanders, I do believe the next game for you after Ottawa is that much. I'll know that much. I'll get out of the way here before we have the drop to send us back in the commercial. That much I'll get out. Our next your next game is against Detroit on home ice. And of course, the Ottawa Senators, so I'll get those games out of the way, will reveal the other points when we talk about your game a little later on in the show, during our last segment, our closing segment, where we wrap up the show. I believe it's the Montreal Canadiens playing a home-and-home series against it. the Montreal Canadiens. And the Ottawa Senators. That game should be fantastic game to watch. It's a back-to-back, so it will be tough to probably keep up with those games. But we'll but they'll try their best. Wherever you can find that game. You can find game one of this competition on Sportsnet East, Ontario, Pacific. And CBC. Of course, you know where you could find the Toronto Maple Leafs action on Sportsnet as well. But 
But yes, that's where we're going to leave it right now. We're going to hear this final drop. And then I've just decided, maybe since we've heard from Dalek, Denard Gallen, the head coach, maybe let's hear from Jim Bessie on what happened. And then we'll hear from Austin Matthews to bring us in to the Shake It A Game when we come back from commercial break. So here we go. Here's the final drop. And after that final drop, I'll give Jim Vesey of the New York Rangers the floor to send us into commercial break. Just a reminder that when this final segment does come into play, which is the shake of the game, the look ahead, and of course, our final break after that. We will talk about the Islanders and the Ottawa Senators. His game, 2-1 was the final score. In favor of the Senators. So yeah, lots more to come on this show. And we are in full swing. The drop is next. Enjoy. That was tonight's dominant goalie performance. For more on tonight's dominant goalie performance, visit the links provided in the description below. Now back into the On the Ice and Behind the Benches post-game show for more in the post-game show. All right, that wraps up this end of the show. It is almost time for us to get prepared for the Senators and Maple Leafs plus the leading off games as we recap the 2-1 loss for the Islanders and the 2-1 victory for the Senators. We'll hear from both of those head coaches and we'll tee up the games as they get ready to happen. It is the post-game show for Maple Leafs and Rangers. Jim Bessie. You have the floor, buddy. Uh, two good teams. Overall, I thought it was a good hockey game. Uh, two good teams. Kind of feel pretty similar similarly. Um, but uh, kind of things for us that we have to lead. And uh, 20 minutes to uh, to get two points. And 
will certainly take point, but um, it was game was there for us, I thought. As you look ahead to Friday in terms of just finishing strong, are you going to break? Um, what do you build on from this game? I thought uh, for the most part, uh, our defensive game was really good. Um, you know, we, for 56 minutes, we held that team to one goal, uh, killed off all their, their power plays. And, um, you know, the first goal I thought was was just a tough play and uh, maybe didn't see the guy behind us. But uh, for the most part, I thought we played solid defensively. And um, game was, like I said, game was there for us. What kind of sense do you get from the guys or where you want to push this Tonight was uh was a really good effort. Um, you know, maybe if we if we win the game two to one, then um, you know, we're applauding our our sixty minute effort and uh, our defensive game. But um, you know, over time anything can happen. But for the most part, uh without our intensity and, and our checking was was there. Um you know, we didn't give, I mean, I'm not saying we didn't give them anything, but uh, we held their top guys pretty much in check. And uh, overall, it was it was a hard-fought game and a, just a good hockey game. So, um, you know, I think we if we come out with two points, then, then we're talking about that as, as a really good measuring stick game. One of those things, it, it wasn't until the very end, they used to run on the screen sheet and they were guys who yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, be negative with the loss, but um, I thought, like I said, for, for pretty much the whole game, I mean, both both teams played well. Uh, the intensity was up. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of space out there to to get chances or, or get clean looks. And, uh, you know, for 55 minutes, we were... We were the team on top, so uh, definitely a good measuring stick game for us, and uh, just a good hockey game. We went uh, punch for punch with them, I guess. You see what Bill and that tonight. Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly makes us a more uh, dynamic team. Um, talking about our team effort tonight, I thought all four lines uh, were solid um, in terms of intensity and, and attention to detail. Um, but, uh, you know, I watched those guys on TV last year in the playoffs and, uh, tonight I thought it, it really came out and, and their chemistry and skill. Um, so it's definitely a, a weapon for us. Hard fought game, hard fought game guys. I mean, it couldn't be said any more than that. We'll be back in 60 seconds. With our final segment before our closing segment. And in the final segment, we will reveal who gets the shake of the game from both ends of the ice. We will hear from William Nylander. We'll hear from Ryan Lingren. We'll hear 
from Marner. We'll hear from Samsonov. We'll hear from the goalie of the Maple Leafs. And if we can, we'll probably hear from the Rangers goalie as well. But that's what's coming up in the final segment. As well as in the final segment, we'll also do the look ahead to the next nine games of both teams' respective schedules. And then after our final commercial break, we will take it down to New York, where they played in the nation's capital of Canada, Ottawa, and the Senators beat the New York Islanders. of Long Island, New York by a score of two to one. Back with you in 60 seconds and a word from the Take Another Look podcast airing episodes every Saturday. It is the post game show for the Maple Leafs and New York Rangers. We will be back. If you've missed any of our content covered today on the podcast, don't worry, you can always go back to check it out in the show after it's aired. If you want to relive the show or you missed something that the head coaches said, it's all right here on On the Ice and Behind the Benches. And as we get ready to bring you a closing segment, we, we, we say stick around because we're back right after this short break. Hey, hockey fans. With the hockey season now officially underway, it's about time for all of that hockey content to return to its rightful place. And that's why this is a podcast specifically designed for hockey fans like you. So whether you're driving to work and need some help getting ready for your team before they drop the puck, or driving to the school to learn something new in life, makes On the Ice and Behind the Benches a part of your daily routine on Tuesdays, and join me as your host on the podcast as we dive deeper into all hockey conversations with experts who know the game, former hockey players, coaches, and of course, everyone's first enemy, the referees. So get ready for exclusive, fantastic, entertaining, fun hockey content 
on this podcast and join me, your host, Thomas McGregor, but co-host of the Sports for Beginners podcast as we take this journey together on everything and anything in the hockey world. On the ice and behind the benches is the neighboring podcast to a Sports for Beginners podcast that airs episodes every Thursdays, but for us, we air episodes every Tuesdays. And for more information, please visit the Facebook page of our neighboring podcast, the Sports for Beginners podcast Facebook page to be exact. I'm so excited to begin this journey with you, and I hope you hockey fans, old, new, fan or no fan are ready to join me on this journey as well. That's On the Ice and Behind the Benches with your host, Thomas McGregor, myself, every Tuesdays on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, including Spotify. And if you want early access to early episodes of the podcast upload, you can visit anchor.fm as soon as the episode has already been uploaded onto your favorite podcasting platform. Should there be any delays to its launch, that's anchor.fm for early access on On the Ice and Behind the Benches episodes before they hit your platform. We are currently available on Spotify and air episodes every Tuesday. We've got post and reaction content now, but I am excited to join to have you join me on this journey, so don't miss it. And remember, on this podcast, nobody gets icing. Time to hit the ice for the late games. But on this podcast, for our teams, it's time for them to hit the showers. The Toronto Maple Leafs and New York Rangers are recapped here on the On the Ice and Behind the Benches podcast. And now, back into the studio to get the show underway with your host of the Maple Leafs postgame show, Thomas McGregor. As we say goodnight from our teams that we're covering today, the Rangers and the Maple Leafs, and hello to their next opponents. It's the post-game show on the On the Ice and Behind the Benches podcast. Here we go. Welcome back, everyone, into the On the Ice and Behind the Benches post-game show. It is the Rangers. It is the Maple Leafs. It is now time to get ready for 
the wrap around. It is our end of the middle segment here as we reveal who the shake of the game goes to for both teams the Toronto Maple Leafs Leafs and the New York Rangers have games on Friday action between the Ottawa Senators and I do believe the next game which is Friday for the New York Rangers which is what we're talking about is let me pull up their schedule. Vegas is the Vegas Golden Knights. And speaking of the Ottawa Senators, the New York Islanders, after playing the Ottawa Senators, are back home tonight against the Detroit Red Wings on Friday. All right, time for a little drop for our shake of the game. And then after the drop of the shake of the game, just before I give you the shake of the game, we'll hear from Mitch Marner. of the Toronto Maple Leafs. So let's do our quick drop now for the Shake It A Game segment. And it is after that drop, it will be time to hear from Mitch Marner. And then I'll give you my Shake of the Game following another post-game point from the New York Rangers. Who will we be hearing from? You'll find out shortly. It is the post-game show. And it is time for this drop of the Shake It Again. So I'll be talking with you. As soon as the shake of the game gets going. The look ahead is coming up. But first, the shake of the game. Here we go. The shake of the game is presented by and inspired by Jake Gensel, number 59 of your Pittsburgh Penguins. Remember, Pittsburgh Penguins fans, every time he scores, you receive half off Jake the Shake at the Milkshake Factory at your local Pittsburgh Milkshake Factory dealers. Just mention this offer at checkout. Now, back to the On the Ice and Behind the Benches podcast studio. Here's your host, Thomas McGregor. And it is time now for the 
shake of the game. But before that can happen, let's take a listen to Mitch Marner and hear what he had to say. Following the following the win over the Rangers in overtime. Mitch. You have the floor. Yeah, um, great draw there by uh, David. Um, Timmy kind of took it up the ice, threw people towards him, dropped it back to me. I saw a lot of time and space and really come over the blue line. Um, decided, you know, what I was going to do to this little play down, see if anything was going to open up. And so I had my own little lane and tried to take it. If they put a good structure, actually, just turn it around. Uh, well, I thought we were just relentless, really. Um, all four lines, every single line wasn't trying to do anything too fancy, too crazy. I think we were getting bucks in. We are forechecking very well. We are being above a lot of options. When we did, uh, when they did flip it out or anything like that, I thought our D did a great job of turning it quickly, finding lanes or getting it back in, and I'm just kind of resetting everything again. What did you make of Timmy's play on the tying goal? Did he come down and then get inside and outside? Yeah, it was a great play. Um, something we try and work on a lot is, you know, kind of, switching in and out between forwards and D and kind of find those uh, those soft spots throughout the ice. And um, Timmy did a great job there. It's not an easy shot. Uh, it's not an easy goal. So kudos to him and a great uh, play reading the ice. What did you think of, you know, going right up the draw? Did you ever try that in? Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a smart move. Um, obviously, it works. So um, it was a smart move by him. Um, but uh, I'm not really much of a centerman, so I don't really take many face-offs like that. But, um, yeah, it worked out for sure. Others are saying that with the more than time on the front plate, the guy he looks up to is just starting. What do you make of how that was in that moment? Yeah, it was great. Um, I mean, I think both boys, you know, you got to your hats full, um, made some unreal saves, made some massive saves for each team and kept them in the game. So, um, you know, it was definitely a goaltending matchup there. And um, it's great to see Sammy just keep battling and keep uh, keep fighting through. First time you lost him, like, I'll play the whole together since November. Just what was your feel of the line? Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought we made plays. Um, I thought we were finding each other. I thought we had good ozone time. And um, I was just both staying consistent with it and keeping our effort up. I thought our effort throughout the whole game was uh, was great. And, you know, it's, uh, we had our opportunities. We had our chances. It's trenching the draft. Yeah. I'm going to say a statement. Also. It's mental health awareness. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I just want to say, you know, obviously mental health is a big thing in this world nowadays. Um, in sports, no sports, everything going on. So, um even though it's mental health day today, never be afraid to reach out, call someone, um, ask people how they're doing. And, um, you know, we're all there for one another and we want this world to be a better place. So um, don't be afraid to reach out to anyone whenever in need. And I've um, got a lot of people around you that love you and want to talk to you and make sure you're okay. So um, never be afraid to reach out. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Um, honestly, just from playing here for so long, just, you know, through the ups and downs and the grind. And then, you know, obviously that incident that happened this past summer. Or just... Um, really weighs on you mentally if you don't talk about it and don't really express yourself. And, um, you know, it's sometimes incidents happen that uh, you need to express yourself and talk to people about. And um, you know, I think that's something that I've really done a great job of in these last couple of years is not being afraid to reach out and talk about it and 
um, you know, try and get a better understanding or just try to understand myself better. And I think if you have a strong mentality mind, then um, you're pretty hard to break out there on the ice, especially. Do you still think about that incident? Does it still affect you at all? I think it definitely does. Um, you know, throughout late nights or um, just, you know, kind of, I guess, just weird atmospheres, weird vibes you get sometimes. Um, you know, it's it's something that still kind of goes in your mind every once in a while when you're getting in a car late night or something. You never know what's going to happen, but um, you got to be around. You got to be aware of your surroundings. Um, and you want everyone to be perfect and love each other in the world, but sometimes it doesn't happen. So um, you just got to be aware out there. And you know, if something does happen to you, I think you you should be afraid to reach out and talk to someone and, and try and figure out, you know, just how to I guess kind of get yourself out of it. It's not a bad idea to ever talk to someone. All right, there you guys have it. There is Mitch Marner. We're going to hear from a New York Rangers player next. We're going to hear from Ben Harper. But before we do... Because that is pregame. We'll save that for after the look ahead, actually. We're going to hear from Jacob Trobo. Ryan Lindgren, we're also going to hear from, but not before we hear from Ilya Samsonov and then Timothy Lindgren. Before we hear from William Nylander. Those are who are coming up, but first. Before we can even get to those points of the. Look ahead and our points of the final show, we are going to talk about the rain the Islanders and the Senators game and here just from the coaches standpoint from the Islanders and the Senators on what they thought of each game and get their take how did how do they think it went down? Did they like their team's performances? Did they not like their team's performances? All of that and more is coming your way. But before any of that, we need to talk shake of the game. This game finished in overtime. Maple Leafs with the victory, three. The Rangers with the loss, two. Game was tied at two apiece. So we needed overtime. And of course, Mitch Marner, we just heard from, finds the back of the net, 
and brings it home. For a finish. Fantastic game all around here. But enough about talking conversations with it. Whether it was a fantastic game, a competitive game. It certainly was intense for most of us. But that's how games are going to go. Sometimes it's going to be good performances. Sometimes it's going to be hard fought battles. But as we get closer to the All-Star break and the All-Star weekend, I think my shake of the games for this one in particular, let's start with the Toronto Maple Leafs here. And I'm going to give my shake it a game to Alexander Kerfoot, 1.1 assist on the ice for about 11 minutes and 26 and 20 seconds not 26 20 seconds 11 minutes and 20 seconds not much there i'm also going to give a shiga game but rather a game puck actually to austin matthews who we've just found out if you Tune in to our Sports for Beginners show. We just found out will not be with us against the Ottawa Senators. He's out for six games, including the All-Star game. But he had four shots. On net, he blocked three of the Rangers' shots. He took the puck away once. Face-off percentage was good, 56%. Was on the ice for about 21 minutes and 53 seconds. And from the power play point of view, he was on the ice for about just three minutes and 51 seconds. Knowing that I gave two Shake of the games to two Maple Leafs players. I'm going to find two shake of the games for the New York Rangers. And the first shake of the game goes to the guy that we'll be hearing from next, Jacob Troba, who didn't get a goal, did not get an assist, did not get points, didn't spend time in the box, but he did have three shots on goal. No, excuse me, he had two shots on goal, five hits, five blocks, 
And he was on the ice for about 21 minutes and 28 seconds. On the power play, he was on the ice for about 2 minutes and 14 seconds. Speaking of him, who else were we going to give a game, a shake of the game to, or a game puck of the game to? Oh, why do we give it to Capo Caco? Yeah, Capo Caco. One assist, one point, two plus minus. A hit a giveaway, and two takeaways on the ice for about at least 16 minutes and five seconds. He was on the power play for about... a minute 31 seconds. And the shot time total was about, here's something I didn't talk about. It was about a minute and four seconds. One minute and four seconds. Why don't we look at... Why don't we look at uh, Trova's shot time? That was about two minutes and 30 seconds. That's awesome. That is the shake of the game. Players. For the New York Rangers, it was Jacob Trova I gave it to. And Capo Caco from the New York Rangers, number 24 and number eight. Of the New York Rangers. On the Toronto Maple Leafs sub, my shake of the games go to Austin Matthews, number 34. And I believe I gave Alexander Kerfoot. Yes, Alexander Kerfoot is the one I was talking about. Maybe it wasn't. I'll have to check. But I know Matthews was one of them. Marner is the star of the game, though. And we're going to hear from Jacob Troba next. It's Jacob. Who are we hearing from next? From the 
Ottawa from the from the Ottawa Senators from the New York Rangers. Here's what he had to say. Offending tonight. Here's what he had to say from the three two loss to the Maple Leafs in overtime. Jacob the floor is yours tough ending to coming back after the way this started and, and fighting through so the end of the third there just what were some of the good things you guys were able to do uh, tough ending tough ending tonight but Coming back after the way this started and, and fighting through to the end of the third there. Just what were some of the good things you guys were able to do? Uh, yeah, gave up the uh, first one without getting to the decent game, generating some chances. Uh, got away from a little bit in the third and gave them, uh, gave them some new looks. So we give that team that many opportunities. We're going to find a way to put one in. I think uh, it's got a little bit on our heels. You guys have talked a lot about how important it is to close out the stretch before the break strong. Just what do you need to do on Friday to, to sort of finish the job? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cliche, but it's got to be a full 16 minutes playing how, how we know we can play. We have parts of it today. Um, yeah, it's got to be it's got to be a complete game. Uh, it's another, another good team coming in. We're going to go on a break on the right foot. Close in, I think what was able to do in that second period, especially how good Kwan has been in the second period. Yeah, it's a straight period. It's been a face-off goal. I haven't seen one of those in a while. That was, uh, that was impressive. Uh, but yeah, he has thought game, a lot of chances. Um, that line's fun to watch when they're playing like that. Jake, sorry to come in late, but just curious your overall thoughts on how everything went. Uh, yeah, I think uh, some spurts of, of good hockey. I think got away from a little bit uh, in the third, got on our heels a little bit, and gave them too many good looks. And I'm going to say, when there's a team like that, they're going to capitalize and give them many good, good chances. Good chances, good stuff. That is Jacob Troba. And that was our shake of the game. It is coming down to the wire. We have got the look ahead to look at. Lastly, on this post game show that is coming up straight away. But before we do the look ahead for the Toronto Maple Leafs, let's hear from the goaltender, Sam Sonoff. Sam Sonoff. And what he had to say from tonight's contest on Wednesday, that is. And by the time we take our break, 
because we're going to put these guys into parts. We're going to do the leaves. Look ahead after we hear from Sam Sonoff. Then we're going to hear from, to take us into break, we're going to hear from Ryan of the New York Rangers. Before we do the New York Rangers is look ahead. And then to finish us off, we're going to hear from the star of the game in the New York Rangers, Philip Chaitel, before talking Islanders and Senators. game we're also going to hear from knee lender and timothy plus the head coaches of the islanders and the Senators, as they prepare for battle against both the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Detroit Red Wings. This is the post-game show, final part of the show. And after we hear from Sam Sonoff, we'll begin the Toronto Maple Leafs is look ahead. Here we go. It is Sam Sonoff with the floor. It is time to hear from the Toronto Maple Leafs goalie in Sam Sonoff. Sam. Buddy. You, my friend, have the floor. Yeah, it's a nice game. Uh, great battle, battle with him. Uh, uh, it's a little, a little bit bigger game for me than normal. Yeah. Uh, Against Sorokin, against Shusturki, and uh, against Halibak, too. Yeah, uh, this is three good goalies. Uh, I'm happy we won our game. Uh, Michi, he's got an excellent job in, uh, in overtime. So nice. What happened? What did you see on the first field goal right off the big stuff? I don't want a concentration about this one. Yeah, we have, uh, I have a lot of positive moments, uh, then concentration for this shit. Uh, sometimes you have, you know, he is a winter lottery today. Yeah, 
Sort of well, that's better than uh, yeah. so. like, yeah, and uh, to my uh, smart zone, yeah. Ah, it's okay, I don't want a consultation about this. Okay. Yeah, we get some help. But... At the end of the day, when you're playing, you're, you're only facing the shooters, right? But when you face a goalie at the other end, like a, an Igor or a Sorokin the other night, do you have to dial your game in maybe a little bit tighter, knowing he's going to be tough to beat? Ah, you maybe a little bit more concentration, but maybe this just in the head, yeah? Yeah. I don't know. Just uh, inside a little bit, you know, you can feel what time you won a uh, great goal this year. What did you know about Timothy Lundgren, if anything, before you came here? What did you learn about him? Uh, probably with time and come, he's got injury a little bit, yeah? Uh, he's not skated a lot with us. But I know he's a skilled guy, uh, really smart player with a good, uh, he's good skate, yeah? And he's uh, show us you know, this season too. He's uh, helped a lot. Uh, he's back moving great. Yeah, I, I like it. Okay. Yeah. Really comfortable play with uh, Jimmy. What's it mean to you to have this run of like four straight starts? You know, it's the first time this season for you. Yeah. What's it mean to get games in a row? Uh, okay. Uh, I, I don't know. Thank you, coaches. Thank you, teammates. Uh, it's a good opportunity for me. Uh, I feel good. I'm. Uh, I feel in good shape. Uh, I feel my game. Just we have what we have here. There he is. There is Sam Sonov of the Toronto Maple Leafs' goaltending unit. Next, we hear from Nylander and Timothy themselves. But before we do that, we'll hear from the New York Rangers. And before we do that, it's time for the look ahead. Looking at the next nine games. For the Toronto Maple Leafs and New York Rangers. So, where exactly is the Toronto's next nine games? We know that there is a five-game homestand, which is currently underway. I apologize when I did the when I did the New York Islanders, I mistake myself. It wasn't a six game. It was a five game homestand. Which wraps up with Boston on the on the February of 1st. Should be a good matchup. But anywho, it is time for the look ahead. And that's what we're going to do right now.
So going into our schedules here, I will share my screen and uh, bring up the and bring up by audio demand. I'll bring up <clears throat> the remaining games. Nine in total. So tonight we have the Ottawa Senators against the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's the first of the nine games we'll talk about. Puck drops at 7 o'clock p.m. Here in downtown Toronto, Scotiabank Arena. Then Scotiabank Arena welcomes... Alexander Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals for a 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time puck drop. As we hit the end of January, The five-game homestand comes to an end on Wednesday night and the 1st of February, 2023, when the Boston Bruins come to town for a 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time matchup in Scotiabank Arena. And then it's a home-and-home home series first on the road against the Columbus Blue Jackets in Columbus, Ohio at 7 o'clock on Friday night. And then a 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time puck drop in Toronto as Columbus will be the road team. Give me a second. And after the home and home series, the Maple Leafs remain home for three days. Or if you include a Saturday night edition against the Montreal Canadiens at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. But not before a Wednesday night edition of the Blackhawks versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. In Toronto at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time was when the puck will drop. And then... Chicago says, welcome to the Windy City, Toronto, as part of a back-to-back -back for the Maple Leafs, where they play a 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern puck drop start time before heading to Buffalo. For E730 p.m. Eastern Time puck drop 
on Tuesday, February 21st. On February 20, there is no game. February 19th is Chicago's meeting in the Windy City. February 15th, we have the Chicago Blackhawks in Toronto. February 18th, we have the Montreal Canadiens. Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern, we have our home and home series on the 11th and 10th against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And of course, February 1st is Boston at 7.30. And then we're not back home until Friday against the Minnesota Wild. Since we've gone to the Minnesota Wild, we go back on the road with the Maple Leafs for a 7 o'clock puck drop in Seattle at 7 o'clock on Sunday. So lots of Sunday games coming up for the Leafs. Not very many, though, but a couple of Sunday games coming up. Two to be exact. All right, time for a break. We'll come back with the final point of our look ahead and taking us into the break. Let's hear. From Ryan Lindgren, and then coming out of the New York Rangers is Look Ahead. We will hear from Philip Chaitel before we talk Islanders and Senators. Hearing from both the head coaches and, of course, teeing up Rangers next game, the Maple Leafs next game which is with the Senators, as we just mentioned, and the Islanders next game. That's all coming up as we bring this show to a close. You've been listening to on the Ice and Behind the Benches post-game show, Maple Leafs edition, with the New York Rangers as the matchup that we're wrapping up. And we're going to put a bow on the show.
after this final commercial break. It is the post-game show, Maple Leafs and Rangers, on On the Ice and Behind the Benches. We'll be back to wrap up the show in just a little bit. Until then, here is a word from Ryan Lindgren taking us into commercial break. Ryan. You have the floor. Obviously, Jacob just said, if you give that team too many chances, they're going to capitalize eventually. Just what went wrong sort of at the end there. Yeah, we were just sitting back too much. Um, you know, we're letting the play come to us. And, um, you know, they got too many skilled players over there. Where if you do that, they're going to create chances. And, um, you know, they finally got one bias there late. And, um, yeah, you just can't do that against a team like that. Obviously, you want to lose the break with enough good to build on, given the way you guys fought back in the second period. There is there enough to, to kind of propel you guys into Friday? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, I thought for the majority of the game, we played pretty well. Um, you know, we kind of went back and forth with them. And, um, you know, like I said, I just got that third period and we sat back a little bit. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, you know, we played a pretty solid game. How important is it to have guys like Phil step up in the second there when, when you really just need someone to put it in? Yeah, that line was huge. They were... Uh, they were creating chances all night. They were uh, they were back checking, they were reloading, they were doing all that good stuff. So um, so yeah, it's fun to watch them play when they're playing like that. And um, obviously, Phil was great tonight. I'm sure you have guys with a professional Yeah, we knew they were going to come out and and uh, you know create some chances, but uh, yeah, we just sat back a little bit too much and um, you know let them forecheck, let them dictate the game. So uh, yeah, obviously they're a good team and they're going to create chances, but. Uh, I was going to do a little better job of um, defending and, and getting pucks out. It's time to put a bow on today's show featuring the New York Rangers and the Toronto Maple Leafs, but not before we bring you their next games featuring the Ottawa Senators taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs, the New York Rangers taking on the Golden Knights of Vegas, and the New York Islanders who played the Ottawa Senators taking on the Detroit Red Wings. Both the New York Rangers and the New York Islanders are back on home ice against the Vegas Golden Knights and the New York Islanders. And we'll bring you the beginning of the end of this postgame show continues. It's on the ice of mind the benches, the postgame show, and we're back to put a bow on it in just a few minutes after a word from Take Another Look. Stay with us. Take another look with Gerda Felix and Melanie Tadio Malo. 
two powerful women of diverse backgrounds having genuine, unique, and uncomfortable conversations that everyone needs to have. Join Melanie and Gerda for conversations about what is missing from Human Connections. Another show bites the dust as the post-game show has finally met its end and we're back with you to put a bow on this entire show featuring the New York Rangers and the Toronto Maple Leafs as they prepare to do battle between the Ottawa Senators, the Vegas Golden Knights, and the Ottawa Senators opponent in the New York Islanders prepares to go to battle in Long Island against the Detroit Red Wings. It's the post-game show, and it wraps up right now on On the Ice and Behind the Benches. Back to the studio. Let's get it. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the On the Ice and Mind the Benches podcast. It is the final half hour of the On the Ice and Mind the Benches show. When we went to commercial break, we heard from La- Ryan Lindgren. We now have one more person to hear from, and that is Philip Chaitel. Post game. But before we hear from him, let's set up the New York Rangers schedule. It begins with and it begins with a matchup between the Detroit Red Wings going tonight. On the ice, Friday, yes, it begins with the Rangers going tonight. It begins with the Rangers going head-to-head tonight against the offering the powerful Vegas Golden Knights at 7.30, at 7 o'clock. And then it seems as though we're headed to February after Vegas. So let's have a look at what February looks like. Next it is Calgary Flames coming to Madison Square Garden. A reminder that Vegas is coming to Madison Square Garden tonight. They are in Madison Square Garden tonight, Friday for the game. That is a 7 o'clock start. A 7.30 o'clock start is against the Calgary Flames. 
them before they hit the road. They play a Wednesday night 8 o'clock matchup between the Vancouver Canucks. Following immediately a Seattle Kraken after a day off on Thursday. Matchup at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. They hit the road as part of a back-to-back before meeting Vancouver in Vancouver when they play the Carolina Hurricanes at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Then it's a 10 p.m. Eastern Time start in Vancouver before a 9 o'clock start against the Edmonton Oilers. And then the Calgary Flames come to town. Just kidding. The Calgary Flames bring the Rangers to Calgary for a 10 o'clock start. Before they head back home for one game against the Winnipeg Jets on Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Time. That is your look ahead, but before we wrap up, they'll play the Detroit Red Wings at 7 o'clock on Thursday and then play a back to back featuring a game at home and a road game. A one o'clock game against the Washington Capitals on the day of spring training for Major League Baseball, the 25th. That's at one o'clock p.m. Eastern between the Washington Capitals and the New York Rangers. And then the Los Angeles Kings play a 5 o'clock start time with the New York Rangers in Madison Square Garden, the Big Apple, on the 26th. That is the look ahead for the New York Rangers. And now, it's time to hear from Philip Chitel on his thoughts of the game. And then we switch gears. We go to the Islanders. We go to the Senators. As we get those guys ready for their games, as well as the Rangers and the Maple Leafs, we get those games ready as well. With pregame media availability from both coaches.
first, we wrap up a post game with the Rangers. And to give us the wrap up, it's Philip Chaitel on his thoughts of the game. Philip, sir. Your call. face off there and, and the eventual goal. Just to start, what did you what did you see on that a face off there and, and the eventual goal? Uh we didn't have a set play for the first time I've been in all of games, so I was just thinking uh I'll try it and there was just moment in, in my head and I tried and and it went in. Can you remember any time, even when you were a kid in minor hockey, scoring a goal like that right off the draw? I remember. I know that I tried many times, but but uh, yeah, uh, it happened finally. But yeah, uh, yeah, unfortunately, it didn't help us. At some point. It was really just a decision you made in the moment, or at least that's uh, all that you got. As I said, uh, it was a moment. Uh, we didn't have a set play at the moment. I saw the center is staying a little wider, so I just I, I tried and it went. Can you feel it on a night like tonight? I mean, I know it's disappointing the loss, but but did you feel like your line just had a lot of energy tonight? Yeah, we felt good. Uh, in the first shift, we were making plays. We were skating with the puck, a lot of possession. We were going to the net a lot and. That's uh, that's what is our play. That's what what we what we can do and what we have to uh, do every game. And uh, we know each other very well, so that's still a great game from us, I think. But it's still something to improve. And, and I said it. There he is. Philip Scheitel. It is the post game show Rangers and Leafs. And that pretty much does it for the show. But hold your horses. We're not through yet. We're just one last thing to cover. And who is that? And what is that, you ask? Well, now it's time. to get ready for their games that are happening on the ice tonight, Friday night. But before we can do that, because we do have the lineups out, before we can do that, let's just straight up here from both head coaches of the Islanders 
and senators on their thoughts of how both teams played in the 2-1 victory and loss from Wednesday night. First, DJ Smith. Post-game reviews. What have we got from DJ Smith? Let's hear. If we can. Here we go. It's DJ Smith of the Ottawa Senators. He kicks things off for us. DJ. You have the floor, my friend. 2-1 victory. Um, feel pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, it, uh, obviously losing Cam there. Uh, Forzy comes in. You know, we give up some chances, but he was real good, um, you know, when we did give those up. But I thought offensively we had the puck a lot more. We played faster. Um, you know, I think that's as good a game as Drake's played in a while. He was dangerous, you know, whatever, whatever line he was on offensively and that uh and that gave our, our bench some uh, some jam <laughs> yeah no i mean we'll know more tomorrow um uh, but certainly um looks like it won't be available um uh, before the break oh he was real good i mean he, he's just so competitive and and uh i hadn't seen him since training camp other than on tv but on tape or what have you but his hockey sense really high um can skate really competitive uh, he's a hockey player, um, you know, and uh, he's he's going to be a real good player. It's just, uh, you know, over time, is he going to be, is he ready now or not? But I'll tell you, uh, tonight, he, he was effective. Not afraid to shoot the puck, right? No, and that's a lot of times young guys, you're playing with the Brinkat and Drew, you'd look to pass all the time. That just shows you what kind of confidence he has. Um, willing to shoot, willing to go to the net. <laughs> he's fearless. Early in the game, there was one one for the Islanders, and uh, I think it was and Barzell. Well, he's just, like I said, he's a hockey player and, and, and he just, you can tell his instincts as the more the game gets more competitive, he's really competitive. I mean, you don't play for the world juniors Canada team and, and, and have the impact that he has without having that, um, you know, and it's just a, a matter of him learning the NHL and everything about it. But um, it, it was a, a great addition for us tonight. You mentioned you thought Matthewson had one of his better games. How kind of luxury is it for you? I guess it's more of a, I guess that's kind of a Matthew Joseph question, but you kind of flipped them around a little bit uh, during the game. And just, does that give you some different looks? Well, what Joe, when Joe's killing penalties, um, you know, Drake's going to take the next shift after so that, you know, Joe's killed a couple penalty shifts and then, or penalty kills, and then I'm coming back with Timmy's line. 
uh, instead of having to sit there and missing five shifts, he goes out there, a couple of icings, I put him out there. Um, but just I really liked the way he played away from the puck, the way he worked. He had all kinds of chances. He looked dangerous all night. Other than maybe a, a four or five minute spurt in the second where we got a little bit sloppy, um, I thought the commitment was there, you know, through everybody. I just thought we played faster um, offensively, held onto the puck a lot more, just made more plays than we've been making. Yeah, that poise there late, instead of just slamming it up the wall, and, you know, he flipped a couple, and then just the way he took his time there at the end, it just, you can see he's growing every game. With all that was going on this week, pretty satisfying win here tonight. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of frustration uh, after the Winnipeg game. The way we were playing, and I think we had a All right. So I'm very sorry if you hear this again, but um, I realized I didn't stop after we heard from DJ Smith. We're going to hear from Kalajuru right now. Before we actually hear from the Islanders head coach and uh, hopefully... We stop them then. But it's Claude Giroux. Now, right after DJ Smith's talk. Both in English and French. So hopefully the audio works and you can understand it. In your languages. We'll play the English audio, but we won't use the French one. It is the post-game show. Up next, we're hearing from the Islanders head coach. And then I'm giving you a brief summary of the game before sending it into a bow, hearing from both head coaches of all Four teams, the Senators, the Rangers, the Leafs, and the Islanders on how they think they're going to prepare for Friday night's action. Here is Claude Giroux once again. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of frustration uh, after the Winnipeg game. The way we were playing, and I think we had a couple of good practice and a couple of good meetings, get back on the same page, and um, it was a, a way better effort tonight. Good chemistry with your centerman here tonight? Yeah, I mean, he's fun to play with. He, uh, uh, his his game's very mature. Uh, you know, when you play, I remember my first game, I uh, mentally I wasn't very there, so it's, uh, it's pretty impressive the way he was playing and um, winning puck battles and uh, – no, we, we had a good time. Did you give many words of wisdom before the game? Ah, kept it simple. Just told us to don't even think, just just work. Uh, I think uh, that's uh, his type of game, and um, you know, he was all over the puck tonight. 
actually see who came to play when you play with somebody who wants the puck and shoots the puck as much as he does? Yeah, I mean, he made uh, me and Cap's job a lot easier tonight. And, uh, you know, anytime you play with a new player first time, usually takes a little bit to get to get going. And uh, saying that, I think we can even play a little bit better. But, uh, you know, it's important for uh, – uh, it was important for me to for to make sure he had uh, he had fun tonight and you know your first game is always uh, one of your your, your most uh, special ones so um, uh, I think he enjoyed it. Yeah, he shot. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, good for him. I uh, uh, you know, like I said, he was on the puck. He was in uh, he was in good position and. Uh, I think he was in a good position. He was able to shoot the puck. You mentioned that you were one of his favorite players growing up. What does it mean to you to be able to his first ever point man in Calgary? Yeah, I mean, uh, more of a question for him, I think. But uh, uh, you know, when right away when I saw him go in, uh, I knew he had an assist on it. So uh, uh, it's definitely special to uh, anytime you have um, uh, you're involved with somebody's first point. So uh, it was pretty cool. What can you say about your athleticism on that? It looked like you were in mid-air when you shot that puck in. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, I I haven't seen it. I I was trying to get it on net. I know the goalie was down, so uh, yeah, I was obviously happy to see it go in. Did you feel like you were airborne? No, I uh, I don't think so. I mean, what must it be for the team's mindset that you're able to walk down a two-one victory? Yeah, it's huge. Uh, I think that we've seen it. Early in the season, uh, we had trouble with that, but tonight uh, um, we uh, we played well in the third, and we still we were still on our toes. We weren't sitting back, so uh, you know, guys played uh, a smart hockey game tonight. Was that just the There is Claude Giroux, former Philadelphia Flyer, now. An Ottawa senator. Now it's time to get thoughts on the Islanders head coach. And we're going to start with the Islanders and the senators. Pre-game stuff. As we get ready for Friday night action, we're going to hear from Lane Lambert, and then we're going to hear from him again after we hear from DJ Smith on pre-game. As both teams prepare for their next matchups, Ottawa prepares for a matchup with us, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Sheldon Keefe. Keep in mind that Austin Matthews is not eligible to play tonight. And once we are done with our Between the Pipes, that pretty much wraps up our show. Here we go. Lane Lambert on the 2-1 loss 
through the Ottawa Senators. Lane, my friend, you have the floor. And just in case we have any ads coming in, we'll let the ads go through before we hear his audio. All right, coming in fast, here is Lane Lambert. Yeah, um, I think probably you you spelled it right there. Uh, you know, I thought as the as the game went on, we you know, we started to take the game over a little bit, but uh, you know, we just couldn't find the back of the net. I guess we talked about today. The guys are on the back of the net against Rock well that's you know that's positive for sure he's uh you know he's starting to score again and we're going to need that well he played a couple of shifts with those guys and uh had a you know had a great scoring chance um so um i liked uh i liked his his game and i like the fact that you know he shoots a puck when he gets an opportunity so um you know it was a it was an excellent opportunity for him to, to tie the game uh, poised, uh, gets pucks through, uh, moves the puck quick. Thought he was good. Uh, well, I thought both goalies played well. Yeah, um, you know, it's just we're we're pressing and we just you know can't find a can't find a goal when we need it right now. We've got to find a way. Well, that's all we can do, obviously, but, uh, you know, we'll, again, like we do with every other game and, you know, through this streak here that we're uh, going well, we'll assess and we've got to you know, come up with our best effort on Friday. There you have it. There is Lane Lambert. And now it is time for a brief game summary of the Islanders and Senators. Game from Wednesday night. Provided by my phone, we'll use that. Lots of fun action coming for both teams. 
We'll hear pregame from both coaches of the Ottawa Senators and the New York Islanders as they get ready to face the Toronto Maple Leafs on Ottawa's side. And, of course, on the Islanders' side, the Detroit Red Wings. Hoping to bounce back into the win column. We'll then hear from Sheldon Keith and, of course, Gillard Gallant. of the New York Rangers and Toronto Maple Leafs as they get ready for their matchup. And that will put us into a bow of this post-game show. All of that is coming up. So let's do the recap. The brief recap here. Let's do the brief recap. And what was the game like? Let's see. Give me a second here. Pulling up the game as I speak. A reminder that the Vegas Golden Knights are playing the New York Rangers and the New York Islanders are playing the Detroit Red Wings. The Ottawa Senators are playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. All right. So, a shot's on goal for the Islanders and the Senators were 36 for the Islanders and 38 for the Senators with the Senators scoring 14 shots in the first period, 10 shots for the Islanders in the first period, 12 shots for the Islanders in the second period, 17 shots for the Senators in the second period as well. The last period featured seven shots for the Senators and 14 shots from the Islanders. 
both teams spend an equal amount of time in the box four minutes. Eleven minutes total. One major penalty and three minor penalties to a side. A power play goal by the Ottawa Senators. So the power so the Ottawa Senators were, I believe, one for two on the power play. The Islanders blocked. 19 of those 38 shots that the Senators had. And the Senators blocked 11 shots. From the Islanders, 36 shots on net. The Islanders took the puck away 10 times. And the Senators took the puck away the same amount of times. They blocked 36, 11 of the 36 shots from the Islanders. Ottawa gave the puck away nine times. And New York gave the puck away at least ten times. New York out-hit the Senators 24 times. And the Senators only hit the Islanders of New York 17 times. That is the game summary from the CBS Sports app of my phone. That is part of the game summary. But what about the other half of the summary? Who were the linesmen? Who were the referees? What was the attendance record? Let's find out what the attendance record was. The three stars were Claude Giroux, Brock Nelson, Ridley Grieg. The attendance record in the nation's capital between the Islanders and the Senators of Ottawa was 13,980 people in attendance. Your referees were Francis Charon and Kevin Polak.
Okay, those were the referees, but what were the linesmen? And once we hear what the linesmen were, we're gonna jump straight down and dirty to the pregame jump-ins. Turn from DJ Smith first, if we have him. If we don't have him, we'll hear first from the Rangers and Sheldon Keith. Of course, when I say Sheldon Keith, I mean the Maple Leafs. And then we'll hear from the Senators and the Islanders coaches, Lane Lambert, as we prepare for the game with the lineups out. Drew won the final. As Ottawa prepares for Toronto. Detroit prepares for the Rangers. No, Detroit prepares for the Islanders. And Vegas heads to Madison Square Garden. So, what was the final? Linesman. Your linesmen were Caleb Apperson. And Ryan Daisy. Hmm. All right, time now to hear from the coaches. And let's start things off with Sheldon Keith and Lane Lambert. First, we give the floor to Sheldon Keith. Sheldon, what's on top? I think their lease has been put out there, so I got nothing else for you. What do you have a question? Or? Yeah, it's just really, I'm not, I'm not, to be honest, I'm not certain what specifically, you know, whether there was one specific incident or anything like that. I noticed in, in a little discomfort a couple times through the game, but didn't, didn't think much of it at the time. Might be, you know, was still sore the next day, so they brought him for an MRI, and uh, there's an injury there, so take some time.
but uh, this is one we haven't necessarily, say for you know shifts here or there. But you know, I think it's a good opportunity for him to to just jump into that and see see what he can do, and, and obviously we'll monitor it. 31 16 to 2 all the time right without have to see line. So, you guys have had some degree of success without a player of this caliber that's allowed to continue to make the match. Yeah, in terms of the, the record and the historical record, I'm not quite sure. Obviously, there'd be a lot of, a lot that would go into that. But I think if there's anything we've learned about our team this season, is we've been resilient no matter who's been in or out. Uh, for the most part, other than missing Austin for a couple of games, we've it's been the defense that's been been beat up a lot, and I'm not sure where we're at in the league and man games lost, but it's got to be uh, significant um, in terms of where we're at within the league, and it, it hasn't bothered our team because we just keep playing. Obviously, you're a different team. Um, I don't think you have to play differently, uh, other than just more opportunity for other people and expect them to step up and do their job and everything that gives us success when Austin is in uh, has to continue and you got to find a way to get that extra goal um you know that's really you know, really what the focus is but in, in my time here whether it's Austin or anybody else out they really don't talk about it you just prepare if you do any other game I hope that Brody can get back in for the All-Star break at this point. You just give him the extra rest. Yeah, we, we haven't had that conversation yet uh, in terms of weighing the, the, the final uh, games here and that are remaining. I know that he has been trending towards a return, and, and that conversation will be had. Um, obviously, we didn't practice yesterday. We'll practice tomorrow. I think that'll give us a better indication of where he's at. I think he's really close to to being in a position to to return um so it'll be you know it'll be a conversation that's worth having but i think like any player no matter what the schedule says if he's 100 percent and feeling good and ready i don't imagine we'd hold him back but uh if he's anything less than 100 he wouldn't be in i just think we were probably probably pushed it a little bit but this with the workload for samson off you know, it was a decision we were making on the but the other night, and ultimately just decided to keep him going uh, with Samsonov. That is so. As a result, then this is the game for Murray to get back in. So that's uh, that's really it. Obviously, we've been really comfortable with how Sam Sammy's been playing, and because of that, it hasn't given Matt as much of an opportunity. But he's back in here tonight, and I'm looking forward to having him there. I think he's been great. He's put his work in. You know, I think he he wants to play. He's a proud guy. You know, both these guys are competing for the net. And you know, like I said, Matt's going to get an opportunity to go back in here tonight. We're not getting too much into his issues with Ottawa last year. What do you think the winning environment here has helped? How has it helped Matt? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I obviously winning cures a lot of things uh, in terms of. The emotions of the game in terms of your mood in terms of um you know coming to the rink every day all of that you know that's that's part of it obviously he's had the the injury to start the season was a, a, a stumble for him but since then he's it's been really consistent with his routine and his habits and all of that 
So that's really, you know, been the focus with him. And we said, you know, the schedule is what it is in terms of how the game falls here tonight. But uh, regardless of who the opponent was going to be tonight, I think, you know, Matt would uh, be excited to play. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what, you know, what specifically you would point to other than you know, he's been getting to good areas. You know, we talked uh, talked a couple, you know, a couple games ago just about how he really turned the game in terms of his pace and getting in behind defenders and uh, hanging onto the puck, making plays. Um, you know, that's the kind of stuff you know in that Islanders game that. He, he's able to do right in terms of getting the puck to good spots. Um, you know, look at his chance that he had at the buzzer the other night. He's like he's, he couldn't be in a better spot in terms of getting a, a quality scoring chance. So the more he's finding himself in that in that spot, and, and whether it's he bringing the puck there or his linemates getting it there or shooting it into that space, uh, you know, he, he's he's good and strong. He gets a stick available in those areas. Uh, so those kind of looks will, will come his way, and obviously we're going to need that. I think just just to continue to work on that, I think, and, and the puck hasn't necessarily gone in, but I think for me in the last certainly three games, maybe even a little bit beyond that, power plays looked as, as good and dangerous as it's been in a really long time uh, in terms of the quality of looks that we're getting, the number of shots that we're getting. Um, so we just need that mindset to continue. And, uh, you know, we played without Austin previously. You know, we uh, we played against Nashville and, and same kind of setup, similar setup that we'll have tonight, I guess. And, you know, that, that group scored us a really big goal. So they should have some confidence uh, in playing together that way. Um, you know, I think it's just about finding finding the chemistry and, and uh, continuing with the same type of mindset that we've had. Because, like I said, I, I do. I've seen a real uptick in, in the performance of our power play of late, even though it hasn't gone in at the rate we'd like. If you really look, look, go back and look at it and break down the chances and the shots, um, the volume of, of both of those things have gone pretty significantly uh, and, and from where it was and, and where it's been when it hasn't gone, gone in the net previously. Yeah, yeah, he's working He's working his way back. I don't, there's no real timeline for returning him yet, but it's uh, it's progress for sure that he's, he's out there. I know he had an appointment recently um, that was – really important for him in, in, in terms of how his rehab is going to go from here. And then we got some good news in that. So I think that's why he's continued to progress. But also, the defense, do you think Brad Morgan has got one in the net yet? Waiting on him? I haven't spoken with him about it specifically. Doesn't doesn't give me that sense uh, in terms of how he's walking around the facility or how he's, um, you know, his mood or the energy that he's bringing to the games. I think it's natural, though, that you want one to fall. Uh, to me, he's been shooting, again, when I talk point to the power play, he's been shooting the puck more frequently. That's more what I look for is just ensure that he's still confident to shoot the puck and, and not turning down opportunities to score. Uh, and we've seen an uptick in that sense, and if he continues with that, it's just a matter of time before it falls. Tennessee has one mile. It's pretty hard in here early in the season. That's sort of challenge the other side. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, we... <laughs> This is we always get the best version of Ottawa, um, and we expect that to be the case here tonight. But very dangerous forward group. Uh, they play very hard, a very good structured game. 
elite on special teams, both power play and penalty kill. So lots of things for us to be uh, to be concerned with there. Uh, obviously, we want to do a good job on special teams here today. Look to win the five-on-five game, uh, but you know they're they're a team that's you know that plays us really hard in, uh, in particular. Uh, so lots of respect for them, and, and I think to that end, uh, it won't be a challenge to get our guys ready for them. Sheldon Keefe, everyone of the Toronto Maple Leafs, saying that it will not be a challenge to get our guys ready for the Ottawa Senators and the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't know about that, Sheldon. I don't seem to be buying it. Moving over to Red Wings and Islanders, I believe. Red Wings and Islanders. That's your Lane Lambert. On how he plans to come into the win column against the Detroit Red Wings. Tonight, Friday night. Lane, back to you with the floor. Should there be any ads? We'll wait for those ads to go by. But Lane Lambert, you have the floor, buddy. A reminder that Next Level Chef, second season premieres right after the Super Bowl on Fox. I'll talk more about that a little later on. But now, let's hear from Lane Lambert, head coach of the New York Islanders, as he gets ready for Detroit versus New York. Lane, you have the floor. I guess you could say you either have it or you don't, Um, you know, so um, his vision, his vision of the ice helps with that poise and uh, understanding what your next play is before you get the puck is, uh, is a situation that leads into and lends into poise as well. Is maybe going out on the limb, but was getting him on the power play always in the plan and maybe was it a little bit accelerated just by seeing how he was doing? Well, with Jobber being out um, and him having success, uh, you know, down in Bridgeport on the power play, you know, he offers a lot from that standpoint. He gets pucks through, and so uh, 
you know, circumstances dictate different situations. Uh, wait, wait, Doc, is, is it lower body or upper body? Uh, he's lower, yeah, day to day. Do you have any game time decisions to make? Uh, no. Um, with Josh being on the fourth line, just what, what's your thought process with, with that? Uh, well, he's, uh, he's a guy who can uh, kill penalties for us. Uh, he's on the power play, um, but uh, right now, uh, you know, Holmstrom is, is getting more of an opportunity. Is that a result of, or I guess what is that a result of? Uh, it's a result of uh, us trying to find solutions to not winning hockey games. When you talk so much about the power play, and we're so used to seeing Barzi off the wall, you had him in the bumper there. What's the thought process of what he can do? Well, it's the same thing. Uh, he can move. Uh, it gives him a little more freedom to uh, use his creativity instead of being stuck over in one spot, potentially. Um, and, you know, we're looking for solutions to a, a, a power play that hasn't scored for us. Hi, this is John Sally, and I do just clean up. Um, what do you remember about something from John Well, he's, uh, he was like... Uh, hound dog uh you know he played the game the right way and he played it for keeps every night as did all of those guys and that's why they had success i try to link him up with a comparable today can you think of any modern player that played the way john did it i i can't find one because of how unique he was you know arms and legs and like you said coming out of the corners with pucks and is there a, a, a modern comparable for John? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, you can you can look at, I guess you can think of this guy or that guy, but uh, those guys are... Or, you know, those guys are kind of in a league of their own. Um, you know, there's guys that you can think of. I, I mean, Zach Parise plays like that, um, but uh, certainly there's uh, there's uh, definitely, like I say, with every uh, every one of those guys, there's an aura to them, and, you know, that's why they won Stanley Cups. Well, what do you like about having Bo and, and PC with I like the speed, uh, and, you know, Barzi's a right shot, so with Bo being on that left wing, uh, you know, it's a little bit more of a natural pass for him over to him to hit that speed in case he's a worker. That's what he does. He works, and he, he, digs, he digs pucks out for him. The organization has been pretty clear that, you know, Donchin projects hopefully as a top six forward. What component of his development is being served? And, you know, with the time he's getting now, and, you know, how can this help him, you know, when he does get to where the organization wants him to well, be? Well, he's certainly finding out about the National Hockey League game uh, at, you know, at every level. And, Part of being a top six player is you have to be responsible defensively as well. So he's learning that aspect of it. Um, you know, he's playing uh, with very experienced, responsible guys, which help him. And I think that's important for his growth and development as well. And um, he's learning the league and understanding what it takes. So, uh, you know, whether he's playing 20 minutes or whether he's playing seven minutes, there's a value in his development. Since Anders is beginning to do, how do you feel you grow it as a captain, especially through the, the struggles of last year and the struggles right now? Well, there's been all kinds of uh, things that have happened through, uh, you know, through his time as captain. You talk about COVID, you talk about his injury, you talk about last year's struggles right now, this year uh, at this point. Uh, you know, I think uh, just him, uh, he's experiencing and he's learning as he grows as well. And, uh, you know, I think what I've seen out of him is a uh, resiliency to, to, you know, maintain and hold the group together. Is going into a 
uh, an extended break. Is there a possibility to play Ilya's both nights of these back to back? We'll we'll figure that one out. Uh, you know, after the game tonight. So. What have you seen from Adam Pellet on his return? And is there, I guess, a certain bit of uh, acclimation period or rust that needs to be shaken off to kind of get up to speed? Or well, I think there's always a little bit when you've been out that long. Um, I thought he started really well in Toronto, and I think uh, in Ottawa, I thought he was getting even better and better. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him play tonight. Is Bassin skating? No. Is, is Bassin skating? No. It's safe to say that they'll both be out until after all February. It's pretty safe to say that, yeah. Lane Lambert, everyone. Of the New York Islanders. Good luck. Buddy, to your New York Islanders tonight. Hopefully, you get in the win column. And now it's time to hear from head coach of the New York Rangers. Between the pipe segment is coming up. As we come to a close with the show, but not before we hear from Jared Gallant. Gallant of the New York Rangers as the head coach, buddy. You have the floor, man. Just barring any ads, let's make sure we let the ads go. And then it's the head coach. Mr. Gallant, there is no ads, so here we go. Mr. Gallant, you have the floor. Can you just tell us a little bit about Ben Harper? I know he got the contract for today. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm sure it's very nice for him and all that, but what have you seen from him in the, in the... Yeah, no, he's come in and done a good steady job for us. He's, you know, he's a big guy, he's a defender, uh, makes people think when they're on the ice, and... Uh, uh, like I said, I didn't know much about him before. I knew he played some in the NHL and seen him play against us a few times with different teams I was on coaching. And Steady does a good job. And he came in here and did a good job and he's earned a contract. So good for him. Well deserved. You said, you have said several times that you know, wanted somebody to take a forward back to that position. And yeah. he, did it. he just did it by just being safe, playing smart, playing hard, you know, not flashy at all, as we all know, but uh, he's just doing a good job there. And, uh, I think our team played really well, and you know, since he's been in the lineup, not putting that all on him, I'm saying, but just you know, the makeup sometimes, and with a guy like that in the back end, big physical guy when he has to be. Are you saying that he played forward until he was 16? I didn't know that. No, I have no idea. Yeah, so he's, 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 he's still like he's learning, you know, uh, to this one, I guess. That's good. No, yeah. I, I have no idea, but uh, yeah. 
Well, they've been playing fine. Solid hockey, steady hockey. Again, like he, he's not a fancy guy and uh, just makes a simple play to get the puck out of the zone and defend well. That's what he wants from him. That's what he's done. Nothing fancy at all. Last week you were talking about, you know, when the when some of the kids played maybe veterans that they were deferring a little too much and wanted to see them shoot more. Bill, though, looks like a guy, and even yeah. in the playoffs last year, he, he seemed to be shooting a lot. So he looks like a guy who doesn't hesitate. And is that where you're seeing from him? That they, I mean, still, still, Bill, still. Phil still wants to pass the puck, yeah. but no, definitely the last number of games this season, he's starting to shoot a lot more pucks, but he's getting success. The pucks are going in the net, and when that happens, you feel pretty comfortable shooting pucks, and we talk about it every day. I mean, every day, we, you know, in practice, the coaches are saying, you know, shoot the puck. I mean, two-on-one, you see them out there fooling around, and then he throws that putting it through his legs and going back and forth, Brad coming in. You know, we want them to do that sometime in practice, but we also do good habits of shooting pucks, and so some days I get a little ticked off out there with them and let's start shooting some more pucks. It's simple, but, uh, you know, if you don't shoot the puck, it doesn't go in the back of the net. But the guys are doing a better job with it, no doubt. From the early last year, compared to where we're at now, I think it's a, it's a big progress for our team. We shoot a lot more pucks. I, I don't know what the numbers say, but for me on the bench, that's what I see. Is Cooley staying out because of this one? He's playing tonight. He's playing tonight, yeah. No, he's a kid. He wants to stay in that ice. He'll be the last one off. Who I have. Theodore was pretty good in Vegas, but he was a young kid, you know, similar to Foxy, but not the same level. But, you know, he's a real good player now. Probably not. No, probably not. So what makes him... I talked about it the other day. Uh, I don't think you were here, but he reminds me of a guy like Brad Park, patient with the puck. He'll let guys come at him, and he'll still beat them somehow. And, and you know, 90% of the time, he makes the right play. You know, sometimes we're on the bench saying, oh, oh, you know, and trying to catch yourself, and then he pushes through the guy's legs and doesn't understand any play in the offensive zone, where most defensemen are going to reset those bucks, and that's what we're comfortable with as coaches. So he's a, he's a high-risk player. But the risk numbers are real good for him because he can make those plays. I don't want Jacob Trouba doing those same plays. And I love Troops. So, you know. Is Fox a guy that, whether you can go through all that through video or whatever, is he a guy that has a lot of questions? Or is he more like a reserve quiet? Reserve quiet. Yeah. Merkel drag him in there every once in a while just to show him a few things. But uh, he's a reserve guy, he's quiet. And, I mean, honestly, most of those guys, they go home and they watch their shifts and they've got their little things on their phone and they watch their games. And, but sometimes coaches, as I say, sometimes they're watching always the offensive side of the plays and we're watching the defensive right. side of it. So that's why coaches do their video sessions with those guys. How much of a luxury is it for you that you have these two pairs who are basically... Wow. Sometimes they're watching always the offensive side of the plays and we're watching the defensive right. side of it. So that's why coaches do their video sessions with those guys. How much of a luxury is it for you that you have these two pairs who basically they play together almost their entire careers? Mm -hmm. Wow. What do you run into? You know, they've just been together. I mean, how much is that comforting to you that you just 
it, it makes it real easy. Honestly, like, I mean, I just keep saying, you know, we've been pretty fortunate they they played together for so long together. And, you know, some of them, like, you know, you can say Keandre and Troops struggled a little bit the first 25, 30 games, but goals against against them. But they still play well. They still play big minutes for us. They play against the best line. So we're happy with them. We're happy with that pair, with those pairs. And, like I said, when you control those guys over the ice, you feel good about your group. And that's what I think our strong point is our team. There's a lot of good teams, but I think when you control the type of defense that we throw over the boards all the time, it makes a big difference in our group. Bring your experience from here, from game to handle home break. What's the next thing you Tonight, exciting. I mean, I think it's great that we, we've talked about, we always sort of shrink it down to three or four games, you know. Before the Florida game, we talked about, you know, we got this amount of game left. Let's try and get these points. Hungry for these points. They're important points. Let's not think about the trip, about your holiday until that happens. And sure, Vegas is saying, the Vegas got tonight and tomorrow they're saying the same thing, but that's what you're talking about. I mean, they're big points. You're at home. Let's finish it off right. Go have a great break for seven or eight days and then come back ready to go again. So players are aware of that and you just hope they, and, and I know our guys are preparing for it, you know. Share the right way. Um, we talked a couple. We talked a couple times. You brought up a couple times. You did the analytics stuff. How how much attention do you pay to analytics versus you know the eye test? Well, we get polls every day. Yeah. I mean, I get reports every day. Mm -hmm. I get uh, we do our stuff every day, like I told you. You know, so you got to pay attention to it. But mm -hmm. but like I said, I pay attention to the stuff that we do. That's really important. Yeah. Some stuff over here matches with that.
post-game show at the Raps. And now, time to figure out who is on the line. For tonight's game, Friday night action. Let's look at the line combos. Here we go with the Ottawa Senators line combo. And this is uh, courtesy of Daily Faceoff. Of course, the starting lineup is out. So here we go. We're going to review who is in, who is out, who is behind the net, and who is off. And the same goes for the Rangers. The same goes for the Islanders game. We'll reveal who's in, who is out. As they get ready. For a night on the town. Ottawa in Toronto. New York in Madison Square Garden and Long Island. It is the Between the Pipes segment between both these teams' games. So let's get it on. First, we talk about the Ottawa Senators and the Maple Leafs. We begin with the first line. The Ottawa Senators will send number seven, Brady Tichuk. Tim Stutzel is in the lineup. He wears number 18. I'll just make it so you can see the screen. Number 21, if Matthew Joseph is in the lineup. Alex Debrink is back in the lineup. He wears number 12. Ridley Greek does not have a number, but he is in the but he is on the ice. Perhaps we'll know we'll know of his number. Perhaps we'll know of his number. A little later on the show, perhaps we'll know of his number a little later on in the show. But he is in the lineup. And so is a, and so is another guy that we all know about. 
And his name is Claude Giroux. Yeah, that's right, everyone. Claude Giroux is back in the back in the game. And he's in Toronto tonight wearing number 28. We have also number 61. Dick Derek Brazard. Dame Pinto wears number 57. Rick. Batterson, number 19. Parker Kelly wears number 45. Dylan Gamber wears number 27. Number 16 is Austin Watson. And those are your Prepared lines for the Ottawa Senators tonight. But hold your horses. We're not done just yet. Thomas Chabot. Where's number 72? He's in the lineup. Nicholas Holden is in the lineup. He wears number 585. Jake Sanderson. Travis Hominick wears number 23. Eric Storm and Nikita Zaitsev wear number 22 and number 26. Our power our power play unit consists of number seven, Brady Tichuk, number twelve, Alex DeBrick, Tim Stutzel, number eighteen, Drake Batherson, number nineteen, and number seventy-two, Thomas Chabat. Eighteen is Tim Stutzel. Derek Brossard. Jake Sanderson, Claude Giroux, Ridley Greek is joined by Shane Pinto, 57-61-85-28. On the second power play line, our penalty kill goes as follows. Austin Watson, Jake Sanderson, Claude Giroux, Travis Homick, Tim Stutzel, Matthew Joseph, Nikita Zaitsev, Eric Baranenstorm, and our goalie for the Ottawa Senators tonight is number 31, Anton Frostberg. Anton Frostberg is our goalie for tonight. He'll be backed up by Kevin Mendelos. What number does he wear? We won't know for sure.
Mark Kaiselek Kaiselek is out. <clears throat> and not playing as well. We have Tyler Moat, broken finger, out. Rook Charter, Ardent Zub, number two, 67. Josh Norris, number nine. And Ken Talbo out with a lower body injury. Four guys on the IR for the Ottawa Senators. Ooh. <clears throat> and now it's time, now that we know what the Senators line is, now it's time. To look at who they'll be facing. As Matt Murray gets the nod for the Toronto Maple Leafs, he's back in action. So it is time to reveal who is with him tonight. The left wing, center, right, and right forwards for tonight will be Tavares, Huntus Holmberg, David Camp, Alexander Kerfoot, Zach Aston Reese, Bobby McMahon, Kale Jarnock, Michael Bunting on the left wing side. Joey Anderson, Pierre Engball, William Nylander, and Mitch Marner. I wonder what Joey Anderson has in store for us. We don't know the jersey name. We don't know the jersey number. Our defensive pairing is Justin Hall, Mark Giordano, Morgan Riley, Timothy Lugdren, Connor Timmins and Rasmus Sundin. Our power play unit, Michael Michael Bunting, John Tavares, Morgan Riley, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, Pure Eggball, Puntus Hollenberg, Rasmus Sundin, Connor Timmins, and Kale Jarnock. Those are our power play units for both the Leafs. And of course, we've revealed who the power play units will be for the Ottawa Senators. The numbers go as follows. On the penalty kill, David Camp, 64. 16, Mitch Marner. Justin Hall, number three, 55. Mark Giorgiano. Alexander Kerfoot, number 15. Kel Jarnock, number 19. Morgan Riley and Timothy Ligren. And number 30 is backed up by number 35, Ilya Samsonov. As Matt Murray gets the nod for the 
Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. We have Austin Matthews out due to a knee injury. Jake Muzzin out to a neck injury. Victor Mete out upper body. Wayne Simmons and Jordy Ben are scratches. And Nick Robertson out with a shoulder, as well as DJ Brody with the rib. Victor Mete, though, I think is expected to start because it doesn't look like on a daily faceoff that he's going to play, but he it looks like he's about it looks like he's gonna start. We'll find out, I'm sure, in due time when that when that does happen. Let's go over to the Golden Knights and Rangers. Lines. As it looks like that game just may be confirmed. We'll see who's in net, and we'll see who's in, and we'll see who is playing. All right. Let's look at the Golden Knight lines. And our last line of looking will be the Red Wings and, of course, the Rangers. The Islanders, excuse me, the Islanders. New York Islanders and the Red Wings lines are coming up. As we get set to put a bow on this one, the left wings, the, the left wings consist of Riley Smith, Paul Cotter, Will Carrier, William Carrier, and Brett Howden. Nicholas Roy, Chandler Stevenson, Jack Eichel, William Carlson are your centermen. And in the right wing side, we have Phil Kessel, Keegan Kulasar, Mike Amadio, and Jonathan Marshall. On the first line, it's 1971-81 as the jersey numbers. On line two, it's 43-9-22. Line two. 
on line three, it's 28, 20, and eight. On line three. And on line four, before the defensive pairings, it's 21, 10, and 55. Alec Martinez, number 23. And Alex Petrangelo's back. Wearing number seven. Shane Theodore, Braden McNabb, Nicholas Haig, Ben Button, Ben Hutton are your three, 27, 14, and 17 jerseys on defense, as well as 23 and 7, your first part of the defensive line. It is unconfirmed, but it looks like Aiden Hill will be the backup and Logan Thompson will be the goalie for the Vegas Golden Knights. The power play unit numbers go as followed, 19, 9, 27, and 81. 43, 71, 10, 27, and 8. As in jersey numbers. What about the Rangers? So, first off, we have Keaton Forizak, Brian Forsey, Daniel Mirovano. Those are scratched. Zach Whitecloud will also not dress. He has a lower body injury. Mark Stone, upper body injury. Those guys will also not dress for the game. So what about Eagle Shesterkin, guys? It, lo it looks like he is going to be the starter, but it is unconfirmed confirmed when talked about on Daily Faceoff. Let's have a look at the lines, though. Your left wings include number 10, Anthony, or Artem Panarin, Chris Kreider, number 20, and Alexis Lafferty on the third line, number 13. Also in is Will Kalile, Kilolile, Philip Taito is back, is back on the ice, along with Vincent Torchek, Mika Savanajet. And Jake Lissarchian with Lissarchian, 72-16-93. Of course, no numbers on the two that are at the very bottom of the center and left wing. But on the right wing side, we have 12, 24, and 21, 26. In Jimmy Bessie, Bark. Clay Goodrow, Capo Caco, and Julian Guther. Our defensive pairing is Ryan Lee Lindgren, Adam Fox, 
Jacob Troba is back in the line. Peandre Miller, Ben Harper, and Braden Schneider. So the defensive numbers are 55, 23, 8, 79, 5, and 4. These could change prior to game time. The power play unit goes 20, 93, 16, 23, 10, 13, 8, 72, 79, 24, power play unit number two. Penalty kill unit goes as follows. Mika Sivanejad, Chris Kreider, Jacob Trobo, Kendra Miller, Barkway Goodrow, Ryan Lindgren, Adam Fox, Jim Bessie. And as it is unconfirmed, it looks like Igor Shesterkin will get the nod, and he'll be backed up by number 41. Jalarslavi Halak. What about who's out for this game? Who do we have? We have no injuries. So out for this game is Libor Haiji and Baito Prostavo and now let's look at the last one on our list that is that we we're looking to confirm it is the Red Wings and the Islanders my final thoughts is coming up as we get closer. We'll take a final break before I get to my final thoughts on the game. As we get a word from all over the map. And then come back in 60 seconds. We'll be in we'll be back in 60 seconds. First, the Red Wings. Who is in and who is out? Let's see. So the Red Wings will send Tyler Brzezinski, Michael Rasmussen, Jonathan Bergeron, Dominic Klobaco, Jubilek, Jubilek, 81-52-23, on the left wing side, they'll be paired with in the middle our centerman, number 71, Dylan Larkin, Andrew Cope, 18, number 90, Joe Villano, and number 24, Juice Sutter, Oscar Dunquist, Robbery. Fabry, David Purin, and Lucas Raymond, number 23, 57, 14, 7, 
D jerseys will be the right wingers. Our defensive pairings go with number 96, Jake Wallman, Mortis Sider, Ben Chalart, 53-8, Charlotte wears number 8, Flip Harik, Harinik, number 17, Ole Matta's back, he wears number 2, and Jordan Orsterly, number 82 in the defensive pairings. Here is the lines for the power play unit as it stands. Tyler Brissetti, Dylan Larkin, Jonathan Burren, Mortis Seider, Lucas Raymond, Robbie Faberia, Faberari, Philip Haranek. Andrew Cope, Dominique Lobach, and David Furin. Furon. Our penalty kill includes Michael Rasmussen, Andrew Cope, Ben Chalark, Philip Haranek, Louis Sutter, Dylan Larkin, Jake Wallman, and Mortis Peter. Our goaltending matchup is Mangus Helberg versus Ball with Blau Husso. But who does it look like is actually going to be there? We'll look at that when we get to the Islanders. But first, scratched is Adam Uren, Robert Hag. Gustava Lindstrom. And out we have Mark Fisek, number 43. Allergy surgery. Matt Loof. We don't know what his injury is. We do know that he's on the IR. And Flip Sadin Sadin Zidin number eleven. Most of these guys might be a game time decision. We'll know in We'll know in due time. Here we go with the New York Islanders, though. Who is in net for them? Well, so it's unconfirmed that it's Mangus Hellenberg, which is, of course, the number I just provided. I'll provide that number again. It looks like Shorkin, Ilya Shorkin, is going to be the 
man in net for the New York Islanders, but who is he with? Let's see. We have the numbers of 18, 13, 53, 21, 2019, or 29, 27, 11, 44, 10, 12, 16, and 17. And those are Anders Lee, Zach Paris, Anthony Bellevue, Matt Martin on the left wing side, Adul Radi, Jin Gabriel Paglu, Brock Nelson, Matthew Barzell in center, Casey Zazikis, Kyle Plumamari, Simon. Holmstorm and Josh Bailey in right wing, part of the ice tonight. Our defensive pairings go with Zach Mayfield or Scott Mayfield, Alexander Romanoff, Adam Pilet, Ryan Pulak, Sebastian Aho, and Samuel Pojic. The numbers are 25, 6, 3, 28, and 24. Samuel Vojek doesn't have a number here to see. We'll see what the number is. He is a part of the power play line on number one, but the numbers he's with are 27, 44, 21, and 13. The numbers on the power play unit are Zach Paris, Brock Nelson. Josh Bailey, Anthony Bouvier, Sebastian Ajo, 11, 25, 29, 18, and 12. Our penalty kill units include 53, Casey Zizekis, Josh Bailey, number 12, number 24, Scott Mayfield, number 28, Alexander Romanoff, number 44, Jean Gabriel Pagulu. Adam Pillage, number three, Ryan Pulak, number six, and Zach Harris, number 11. Elias Shorkin looks like the man going up against whoever Detroit does put out in net. But he'll be backed up by Simon Barvelo. Number 40, out, out in the game for the Rangers is number 26, Oliver Wallstroer, Call Hale Clutterbuck, upper body and lower body injury, Noah Dobson day, is day to day. On indisclosed injury and Hudson Fashion Fashion is a lower body, but is he really? Maybe he's just a game time decision. 
Parker Weatherspoon is scratched. That is your lines for right now on the Between the Pipes segment. Both games will be will be fantastic ones, I'm sure. Make sure you find those games wherever you can. Hockey Night in Canada will be on CBC tonight with the Toronto Maple Leafs as well. And the Ottawa Senators. I will be back with you in the Sports for Beginners studio as Sports for Beginners and on the ice and behind the benches are crossing over to talk Ottawa Senators and Toronto Maple Leafs post-game show after tonight's game after tonight's game between the Senators and the Maple Leafs on Friday night should be fun to get to the end of this one. I hope you enjoy the game as much as I do. I'll be watching this game, and I'm sure you'll be watching this game, whatever team you cheer for. Cheer for them loud, cheer for them proud. It's the Red Wings. Versus the Islanders. It's the Senators versus the Maple Leafs. It's the Golden Knight versus the Rangers. Coming up. Tonight, and with that being said, I have been your host, Thomas McGregor of the On the Ice and Behind the Benches podcast. Be sure to follow our Facebook page at Sports for Beginners Facebook.com. Once again, you can also follow the neighboring podcast at Sports for Beginners is official WordPress website at WordPress.com. I'll leave both descriptions of those in the episodes below. You could find me on Instagram at TM00 underscore. Follow us at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Thomas Sports Hockey 
2023. Once again, that is facebook.com slash Thomas Sports Hockey 2023. And be sure to follow our Sports for Beginners Neighboring Podcast Facebook page at facebook.com with Sports for Beginners, the podcast on it. I'll provide those links in the description below. Got a question? Or an idea? That could help our podcast out? Send it in a voice message to anchor.fm with permission to use it in future episodes because privacy is my number one concern on this podcast. And if you don't wish to have your voice message be used in future episodes of the podcast, then just tell us what you have to what you have to say at anchor.fm with a voice message. One to two minutes. That is our show for today. That is the post-game show for Rangers and Toronto Maple Leafs fans. Leafs Nation, enjoy the game. Sens Nation, enjoy the game. Rangers fans, enjoy the game. Red Wing fans, enjoy the game. Islanders fans, enjoy the game. Golden Knight fans, enjoy the game. You have just listened to, if you are a Rangers fan, and you are a part of Leafs Nation as well, you just listened to Maple Leafs Hockey on the On the Ice and Behind the Benches podcast. I will see all of you, Leafs Nation, on the Sports for Beginners podcast feed after the game following the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the Ottawa Senators. It's the Battle of Ontario. Should be a good one. And it comes your way with the post-game show on the Sports for Beginners podcast feed. But until then, next Leafs Nation fans, I am reminding you that we will talk to you. And nobody gets icing on this podcast. We'll talk to you after the next Maple Leafs game following the end of the All-Star break. Happy All-Star weekend, NHL fans.